three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host, the man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman, from the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood 616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican, JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to Vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 53 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horrors coming at you live. I am your host, Mood616, and of course, I've always got my two biological sons with me. NES Ruler, also known as Jeremy, and of course, we've got the Double Shot J, also known as JP. What's up, boys? I thought I was going to be a king, like a magical king or something. I thought it was going to be my suicidal friends. Oh, that's a good one, too. <laughs> Suicidal friends. You know, that would be actually more uh, legit. But now I'm stuck with your, biolo- your biological sons, did you say? <laughs> biological sons. So you had me when I when you were 14? Yeah. That, that could it. happen. That could, could happen. Actually, probably, happen. Probably not. I was barely hitting puberty when I was 14. So. Like when we got pulled over and we said you were... <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget that story. Us getting pulled over in the cops. Hold on, like, wait a minute. We have not heard this story. Yeah, me and Moods oh. were going to going to Cinema Westside, and I'm sick as a dog. And we get Moods is going like 80, and we were in Indiana, and he gets pulled over by a state trooper, Indiana state trooper, and he comes up. So he's like, "Where are you guys going?" We're like, "Oh, we're going to a horror convention in 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 uh in Ohio and Cleveland." He's like, "How do you know each other?" It's like, "Oh, we met we met on the internet." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Just, just before that, he's like, he's like, oh, are you taking your son? And I was like, <laughs> trying not to fucking laugh. I was like, dude, either he looks really young or I look super fucking old. Yeah, I'm like, like uh, when I said we met on the internet, I just fucking was fucking bursting out laughing when the cop. We were laughing. Like, I'm like, he, I can just imagine what was going through his mind. It's like, okay, this old pervert is taking this kid to <laughs> Cleveland. <laughs> Jeremy, you should have uh, looked at the cop with big eyes and and like whispered like, help me, help. <laughs> no man, fuck that shit. He's putting his Canadian sausage in my butthole. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing is, man, we pulled this off good because I actually never got a ticket. Nope. So it wasn't so bad. He's like, hey guys, he's like, hey, just slow down. The horror convention is he... still going to be there. And he's like, save your money. He goes, I'm not going to give you a ticket. You guys can save your money for uh, for more purchases there. And I'm like, oh, thanks, bud. Yeah, because <laughs> he probably awesome. saw him be like, oh, this guy's Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> It was shit though, man. I was only doing. He's like, last thing I needed like some Canadian over to go back to Canada saying how dickish cops are in America. <laughs> Dude, every every fucking you know. Don't you get pulled over like every time you come here? Every single fucking time I'm there, and I always have like the best experiences with U.S. troopers, man. It, it's it fucking amazing. Like the last time I was in, of course, going to Cleveland, I got that flat tire, and and. Uh, it was like the best experience ever. Like this guy helped out to no tomorrow. You would never see that in Canada. Oh yeah. So what's been going on guys? Well, um, you know, the last couple of weeks I've been trying to work on the site a little bit. I'm, I'm kind of testing the waters of doing the hall of pain. Um, but also, oh, yes, you are. <laughs> also, I, uh, 
I kind of want to maybe consider revamping what would qualify to be in the Hall of Pain because the way I look at it, if I give something an eight, there should be no way that it could ever also make the Hall of Pain. You know what I mean? But I thought the general rules was it has to be doesn't matter what happens. If, if you give it an eight, ratings eight don't add up to ten. Yeah, I mean, what are the chances that ever happens? It's low chances. We give like a uh, one and one, but even if well, I think yeah, it should I, be like under seven or something. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like a four. I even feel like a four. If if you rate something a four, it should it should okay, now this not is, have a chance. Of this making is a basically thing. creating. This is basically creating a viewers poll right here. So, let us know what your thoughts on this. How do, how you think the Hall of Pain should uh, should work? I feel like I think it should be if all three of our ratings don't add up to ten or yeah, more. Me too. Then it's automatic Hall of Pain. I mean, dude, that's pretty fucking bad, man. I mean, is think it about though, it. Like if all four... three of us give a three, no, it's pretty hard, man. Like, I mean, Only three fours movies. is twelve. How many movies are? Yeah, in the but Hall if of Pain? I give it a four and you give it a two and Jeremy gives it a two, like I feel like I feel like it should be reserved, just like the Hall of Fame is reserved for the best of the best, where you know it has to have that, an eight point uh, eight point five it or higher, you know what I mean, for it to even make it into the Hall of, Hall of Fame. I feel like it should be know, the man. reverse I, I on the Hall of Pain. I think if it's under 10, if it's under 10, so... so Just think about it, though. How many movies are in the Hall of Pain? Uh, let's see. We I have Jaws, Jaws 4 and Witchcraft 3 and a fucking Warlock 3. I think there might be more, oh, dude. No, the, the uh, Entity, Entity, not Entity. Uh, Entity. But Entity feels like it deserves to be in the Hall of, Hall of Pain. Same with Jaws 4. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, honestly, JP, there isn't a lot of films. I mean, we've like we've looking back on the entity okay? 1500, 2000 films on the podcast and there's maybe four. I mean, if, really, I mean, yeah. yeah, but if you look at the entity or entity, rather, I gave it a two. Jeremy gave it a two point five and moods gave it a one. That's a, <laughs> that's a bona fide. Hall of Fame, you know what I mean? But Dude, what I about Warlock three? Film. Warlock three. I'm not even sure. Do you remember? I could check real quick. I- I don't Warlock know, man. Three. I know the ra- I know the ratings were complete shit on that film, but I I can't really think of too many others that are like insanely low. I feel like it should be like um, seven, seven and under, because yeah. Warlock three. I gave it a two point five. Jeremy gave it a two, and Moods gave it a two point five. Yeah, that sounds about right. Let, let us know, but guys. Right there, you but right guys there, that's but right there, that's barely that, that's not it's even making the hall of pain. Like I think it should be nine or so. Basically, if it if if our ratings add up to ten or more, it then it's it. it's past. It doesn't make it. So if it's under nine. ten, so nine and a half, basically, then it's in. it's bonafide and it's fucking it's in the hall of uh, garbage. So okay, yeah. we could we'll, we'll just ask the listeners. Let us know what you guys think the thing should be. I'm cool either way. Um, but I just I was thinking about it a little bit, and I just feel like if I give something a four and it could still make the Hall of Pain, it just feels like I don't know if it's necessarily the worst because it's supposed to be the worst movies ever, right? But I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. Also, I was uh, messing around. Me and Chris actually started that new uh, Vault of Horror series. I don't know if you two checked that out, but I yeah, thought it was cool. a really yep. cool yeah, idea. That's yeah, cool. Um, kind of to shed some light on some lost or forgotten or just unknown uh, little items from horror history. We have like hundreds of between um, me and him. We have like hundreds of different uh, things there. I mean, some of it is I, like. I, 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 I know that some of it is like full movies of, of things and stuff like I put that monster vision up. So I do recommend if you have like to buy the movie, like don't just watch it if you yeah. don't own it type thing. I don't want this to be like a pirate thing. But the fact is mm-hmm. you can't get those monster vision 
it's anywhere. You know. You well, can't... now that you have editing software, why don't you try and edit it just the Monster Vision parts? Because it's not as fun. It really isn't. It takes away from the experience. Those clips are all on YouTube anyway. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, for example, like Crybaby Lane, that's a film that's never been released on video of any format, not even VHS. So I don't feel bad for putting that on <clears throat> online for people to see. You know, it's I'm not... I'm not trying to pirate anything. That's not what we're doing here. Just just to clear that up because somebody had mentioned something like that. Um, really? Yeah. Wow. And um I, I mean if you can't get the monster visions or things that you can't get like like how why what's the what's the argument there? Well, like, I think it was cuz it was they live and it was a popular movie and I was like yeah. no, 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 by mo- no means am I trying to like pirate well, this. I, I I I do I recommend Yeah, I do recommend everybody uh, buys they live you know so uh then then in, in watch which it fact, like like i mean most of the people that are I mean, seriously like we're not about that shit at all i mean we buy I mean, pretty much the yeah especially of the coming from have. us right i mean yeah. us huge collectors and what i mean by the majority of the stuff some of the stuff is you know given to us through you know screener copies and stuff but mm-hmm. you know we're not we're not about uploading and pirating and fucking people over no we talk about you know, buying shit constantly. Yeah. I mean, I'm supporting indie labels and and supporting shit. You don't just rip off people, man. Yeah. I would, for example, I would never put a movie like, uh, you know, uh, creep show on there. Just creep show by itself. You know, well, here's a great example. Like I got Dustin Mills, new, new film in the mail today, a black heart with in white hell. I'm not just going to upload this. Yeah. 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 You know, because I respect him. He's an indie Fucking director. eye offer. We, we, us three are actually very against pirating in the first place, which we don't really yeah. talk about that much. But I know Moods is 100% both in the music industry and in the film industry. And I feel mm-hmm. the same way. So uh, that's definitely not what we're trying to do there. But also, I did put up some of you guys', uh, some more of you guys, you and Jeremy's reviews too. I think I did two or three each. Yeah. So I'll get to the rest Sweet. of them sooner or later. But um, yeah, I've been trying to keep up on the site a little bit. You know, yeah, they're definitely some pumping stuff. them out here. So, yeah, I mean, Numbers I'm surprised how up. much Jeremy's been keeping up, man. <laughs> He's been fucking doing a good job, I, man. Written I videos. I was wow. like, damn, look at Jeremy I, putting in that work. I have two more. I just got in today. Two more. So, yeah, I'm, I, got, I have nothing uh, left. I got through all of them. I've just been chilling, being able to watch movies that I, you know, that I want to watch. I basically have to. I have like two more to do right now. I have one for Artsploitations, The Treatment, which I know you guys have done. And um, I got another one from uh, from Midnight Releasing that I got to redo because I actually deleted my review. Can you fucking? Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> I even had it bounce. It was all done. And try losing ten parts of your DVD shelf. Oh stars. yeah, I remember when that happened. <laughs> so I was so pissy, and I'm, I just got to redo it. So I'm like, fuck. But I think this time I'm actually going to watch all the features that are on it too, and just totally redo it. So because this release actually has features, so kind of cool. But yeah, but yeah. So. <laughs> what's been going on besides that stuff guys what's going on in the personal lives nothing much jp how's your car doing oh yeah so yesterday uh on my way to work my car was still in the shop uh, me and my pap broke down in the truck i had to call my cousin wake her up on her only day off she works or goes to school six days a week and i had to have her take me into work it was a terrible day, but at the end of the day, my car did get fixed that same day, and we got it out of the shop. Um, so, what was wrong with it? Uh, yeah, so what, head what gasket. Wrong with it? Oh, that's not anything. Oh, it's shitty. 
Yeah, but That's they fixed it. The guy place. I bought it off of, even though I bought it as is, you know, which means I don't know about in Canada, but in America, like, that's it. You buy the car <laughs> yeah. and nothing. Oh, no, that's, you know, that's the same way. So you basically get screwed when you buy used cars like that. But because the guy was somebody that we knew, my pap went to high, or high school and middle school with him, he actually fixed it, which was like $500 for free for us. So, you know, mm-hmm. shout out to Mondale's Auto Sales. Nice. <laughs> well, that's good. Anybody in because the they're area. totally gonna listen to this too, right? <laughs> Could you imagine if they actually respond? <laughs> yeah, hey, dude, that'd be had, fucking amazing. I've been in that industry for a long time, so yeah. But I have uh, worse shit. luck with vehicles. Yeah, you do have pretty shitty luck, I have to say. But uh, yeah, man, really here's really looking do. to the future of me not having car problems every month and ruining my catching up <laughs> on Scream Factory because I've been close to catching up on the releases and then. You know, I'll have car problems and I'll have to save up like $3,500 or something. You know, it's ridiculous. Did you guys happen to see when the release date for, uh, well, okay, I'll back up a little bit here. So Screen Factory recently announced, uh, you know, their Comic-Con 10 titles and stuff like that. A lot of mixed uh, opinions and, you know, reviews on their choices of titles. But, you know, to be honest, I I wasn't like overly, you know, saddened by the I will bring those up in the by the way. Yeah. So I'm not going to get to it, but I just wanted to talk one in one in particular. I was looking at, I was on Wikipedia (laughs) because I actually have that page saved just for, you know, that's how I order all their shit. Mm -hmm. And, um, Anyways, I was looking at the release date for Return to Living Dead, and it said fall of 2016. <laughs> I was Jeez. like, holy shit, man. Like, that's fucking far away, man. Yeah, yeah. I have a feeling. That, that just kind of caught me off guard. I was like, what? Trying to get the, uh, I know there's like a, 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 a like rough cut of it or a, some some sort of other cut that had other footage or something. Maybe yeah, they're th- trying to restore is. that stuff. That Like okay, a work that- print. Like it, it was a different version of it. Well, like I said, you know, when I saw the announcement for Return of Living Dead, um, I was like, well, like, how are they going to top that fucking Steelbook yeah. edition, man? Because that edition is amazing. It's got tons of features. It actually has the, the more branch documentary in yeah. high def. It's yeah. actually in high def. It looks fantastic. It's got tons of other features. It's just an amazing, amazing release. It's like the definitive Return of Living Dead edition out so far, and it's not even American. Um, so I'm kind of thinking that, you know, they better even put the more brains on there and get maybe the work print of it and all they, they got to do a pretty good job, good job which to, i don't uh, think they can uh, and, and effect, it, get the, and, uh, and, and, to, and to you know and and the other thing the, the other release has going for it is the steel book and it's like the most fantastic art on it too yeah that's awesome <laughs> you know, it's such a good release man it's one of my favorite releases I actually have in my whole collection. yeah it's cool so yeah. I was like, "Wow, Return of Living Dead. This is going to be interesting what Screen Factory does with this." Yeah, I'll be I'll so. be curious just to see what they do, do what they get and what they don't get. I have a feeling that getting the More Brains documentary might be hard because I believe that's the same company who just signed that deal with uh, Image Entertainment, the company that put out the uh, Elm Street Legacy and the Crystal Lake Memories. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that they also did the uh, Return of Living Dead dead documentary more brains so that might be held up with image right now yeah which is actually one of my favorite documentaries of all time it's the best i go i love it man i love it so much fucking fun until all you return to like return to living dead haters out there <clears throat> fuck you zach <laughs> <laughs> calling him out or out of ten i know i know for a fact I know for a fact he just bursted out laughing at that. That's that's good. I'm always on his ass about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. I couldn't believe when the release date was. It's fucking incredible. 
So you know right now that that's going to get bumped back probably till 2017. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but only two more weeks till Ghost Town. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ghost two Town. Oh, yeah. yeah. I really want to grab 28. the uh, people under the stairs version from ScreamFactory.com to get that fucking poster. But they're selling it for $25, dude. I was so bummed when I seen that. <sighs> I want it really bad, though. I want it. It is a good poster, man. I got to say the color scheme on that thing is just uh, – so it's outrageous, man. It's really, really popping. Be a nice poster. I should maybe try and order from Screen Factory at least once. Maybe well, you should have did it while their sale is going on because it's free shipping to Canada during that Comic Con sale they just had. Ah, oh, fuck! I didn't even know that it was free shipping to Canada. Yeah, mm, that would have been worth it. Mm-hmm. That sucks. You guys got to post this shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, well, do we got some news, JP? Yeah, we got a little bit of news. Not too much. It's Honestly, it's mostly like acquisitions and like announcements, not really actual horror news. But the, really the only piece of horror news we have is that recently director Kerry Fukunaga, who was slated to direct the double part adaptation of Stephen King's It, was removed from the project. And now he has finally been replaced by uh, the guy who directed Mama. So uh, New Line Cinema's Mama. Uh, That is the guy who will be directing it, which honestly kind of bummed me out a little bit because I don't know much about Kerry Fukunaga's directorial skills. He did True Detective, a lot of episodes of that. I know that's like the main thing that he did. Didn't really do much Mm -hmm. horror stuff. But I liked what he was saying about bringing the adaptation of it to screen. Like all the comments and quotes that they had over the, you know, two, two plus years of him talking about remaking this. I've liked where his head was at. So now it kind of worries me because now they're actually going to bring in another writer to cater more towards this new guy's vision. So mm-hmm. now I'm like, what the fuck? This is going to be a development hell type thing. Uh, so now they're looking to shoot next June, I believe. So a year mm-hmm. from now. Cool. Yep. Yeah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> After that, we have uh, – I thought I'd just bring this up. I don't know if you guys caught it because I know we normally don't watch trailers on this show. But I had to check it out. I don't have a problem watching TV trailers. Uh, Ash versus Evil Dead. The full you know, it, full trailer was released. Yeah, it's funny, man. I had about four or five people at work ask me about that. I'm like, oh, mood, like moods. What do you think of the trailer? And I'm like, man, I don't watch trailers, man. They're like, what? <laughs> so you didn't even bite on this one at all? No, no. I didn't bite on it either. To be Ooh, honest, wow. No. So I'm the only one who actually watched it. I will say, pretty much man, everyone said that it, it looked fun. So I don't know. It looks again, fun not. in the terms of Evil Bed- Dead 2 Army of Darkness fun. It's definitely mm-hmm. more more comedy. I felt like the very first shot, it's a shot of it, – it's a comedic shot. And I thought it was like – I instantly like it disappointed me. But as I finished going through the trailer, there was some shitty like funny – like overly comedic stuff. But then I started laughing. At, I actually was laughing out loud at a few moments too. So I was like – Okay, this is going to – I just have to accept this, that it's not going to be what I originally wanted, which was a dark, serious, evil dead TV show. It's going to be more in the vein of what we expected. And if I just accept it, I think that this is going to be really fun. So I I give it a thumbs up, the trailer. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Awesome. Well, that sounds promising. 
Yeah, the majority of the internet was really high on it. So I think I think I was the least high out of everybody that I've talked to, and I still thought it was pretty cool. So yeah, we'll see. You definitely convinced me on it. So yeah. So after cool. that, we have Salem season three, uh, WGN American original breakout hit series Salem has been announced for a third season. It's a one-hour drama horror series that. Uh, began i believe two years ago the third season will actually uh begin production later this year for a 2016 debut now i know that all three of us are unfamiliar with this show and i've heard many mixed things i've heard everybody say that season one uh you know it takes a while to get going but once it gets going it's good and then i hear good things about season two so if it's going to a third season it it probably is a solid show I've heard people talk about it quite a bit for having no idea what it really is, um, but apparently it's like a witch show. Um, I know that their posters that they released during season one, like the teaser posters, were really fucking cool, like some badass artwork, some like creepy, disturbing artwork. So um, season three is on its way for anybody who watches that. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. I don't know anything about it. Me neither. Yep. <laughs> yep, I, I feel like our show is so far geared away from horror TV compared to other shows that I've heard. Like we we really don't watch horror TV at all. Not that we don't like horror TV, but I think we're all just in the same boat where we like to wait till it's run its course and then watch it all on DVD when it gets mm-hmm. released. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm definitely strange like that. But you know the thing is, I think it's more new tv horror tell or like shows and i have no problem with them at all it's just exactly what you just said like i'm waiting for them to run their mm-hmm. course before i can kind of dump into them but or else the thing is man i can I, I mean like Hannibal. the thing is i was actually exactly exactly my point and you know the thing is like i mean i don't want the viewers out there or the listeners out there to uh you know to kind of misconstrued that comment because i love tv horror i mean i was actually watching tales from the crypt the other day i just randomly grabbed season five and i was just like popping in episodes and i was watching you know twilight zone you know a couple weeks back too i love taking out the episodes and you know watching them random places <laughs> weird like that but but yeah i always pop but i really got to start watching some of these shows i just like, have no american, interest like american horror story movies. i just want to check out for myself yeah, because i've yeah. heard such mixed reviews on every season so far like some mm-hmm. people loved season one some people didn't and vice and i think you know, that's season two is the best and you know, and I'm just I'm really curious on it. And, you know, I kind of like what they're doing with that, you know, kind of changing the whole premise every single season. I think yeah. that's really yeah. kind of interesting. Honestly, so. I'm most interested in that show out of all the ones that I haven't seen yet. Like that that show sounds really cool to me. But, um, you know, I, I I am interested in a lot of these shows. It's just so much to keep up with all these different mm-hmm. shows. I, and I hate waiting week to week. Like, I started watching Under the Dome when that premiered. They're on, like, season three now. I started watching Bates Motel. I watched a full first season of that. They're on, like, season four now. And I just, you know, I like waiting till the series wraps up because then, even if it gets canceled early, at least you know going into it that it gets canceled early. Unlike Hannibal, where if you're watching week to week and then all of a sudden your favorite TV show gets canceled and you're pissed off. Like, I don't want that to happen mm. to me. Um, but yeah, spe- I... I, I tr- I try to save myself from that disappointment, man. I, actually, it's funny you mentioned Bates Motel because I've been dying to watch that. Like, you know, it, one part of me wants it to end like after five seasons or something like that. Like, actually have a. I don't think that's going to happen. To be honest, just so I can fucking start watching it because I'm so weird like that. Like, I know me and JP are just strange when it comes to TV shows. Yeah. 
But you know, I mean, yeah, from what I've heard, exactly I just don't what have Jeremy the just said. Span. I love you TV know, more than movies sometimes. Like I love to sit down and binge no. watch TV. Yeah, I mean, I, that's how I do it too. I mean, I remember when Dexter, I, for, I when I first got the first two seasons of Dexter, I watched it like in in like basically a day and a half. <laughs> like it was the most binge watching ever. Yeah, so I did binge um, Breaking Bad. Yeah, that is true. That, that show's is fucking true. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, actually, keeping on that same track, uh, at San Diego Comic Con, a rep for MTV announced that season two was greenlit. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on who you are, that was actually retracted, and he said it's actually not greenlit. It's the announcement is kind of looming, and they're definitely, uh, you know, trying to make an effort to see if they can for sure say that. But it's actually not been picked up for a second season as of right now. So a little premature announcement there for Scream season two. You liked hmm. season three. You liked episode three, didn't you? Like yeah. So check it out. When I, I originally reviewed the first episode, I told you guys I really wasn't feeling it. The second episode, I was even feeling it less. And then the third episode, I think, was the best episode. And it it was like a long slasher. It was like a slasher movie in a half hour episode or an hour. I think I think it's actually an hour long show. Um, but I was like, wow, this was actually a decent one. They cut out a lot of the bad teenage comedy lines that that is you know it's obviously just a disconnect with me like i'm not saying that stuff is bad because that stuff was in movies and tv shows that i grew up with you know what i mean it was just yeah, in yeah. a different mm-hmm. way so i can't really criticize it for that but it yeah. just was a disconnect with me this one was actually but is there continuity good. between all three episodes yeah yeah it's it's a flowing story like okay. it's all sur- surrounding the same characters that, i thought maybe like from like director from director might add different elements uh, so what you're saying is the first couple episodes was a lot of introduction to characters and kind of yes and no yes and, then, and, no. and then part, and then episode three just kind of like okay well we we're going to get away from the character development and we're going to go bonafide slasher now. Uh, well there was actually still character development in episode three but what i liked about episode three was that it felt for the first time like a slasher movie and it actually killed off a character who i wasn't expecting to be killed off and i was like whoa okay i like Hmm. what you're doing here because they've pretty much killed at least one person in the three they've killed multiple people in i think all all of the episodes except for this one but this kill was more special because it actually had had meaning and implications to the future of the show and as well as it was like a cat and mouse Hmm. type thing there was like uh, like twisty, like trickery things going on. Like I kind of liked what they were doing with the killer because it's Ghostface, right? Like it's not mm-hmm, the yeah. Ghostface we know, but it's the it's like you know, do you want to play a game, Ghostface, where he's like he texts the girl like you know, and you know she's the the main character is trying to protect her friends and stuff. It, it was it was a good episode, I'll say that. It got me going back to the fourth episode because this was it. I was done if this episode wasn't good. So I actually think this was the best episode they've done so far. That's cool, man. Well, you know, props to you for holding out to the third episode. <laughs> I mean, yeah. most people after, I mean, you know, if the first episode was a little underwhelming and then you move on to the second one and it's even less, you know, mm-hmm. warming and comforting, you know, usually most people pack it in. But yeah, that's good, man. That's good. Maybe it's yeah. proud of you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, we have IFC Midnight and Boulder Pictures announcing a release date for upcoming sequel film called contracted phase two the release date is september 4th 
of 2015 on digital theater limited and on demand services. Coolio. Making a sequel. Wow. That's old news. Well, I mean, it, it's they they announced the film yeah. a while back, but they announced the release. Yeah, they probably did. I just now. have a I just have a shit memory, so yeah, they announced um, it a while ago. Yeah, right, JP. Yeah, well, yeah, we've actually talked about it at yeah. least four times on the show. Oh no, prob- probably, probably, probably. <laughs> I just you know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I still have yet to see the first one, but I know you two both liked it, so I'll definitely check out the first and second one eventually. After that, we have Poltergeist, the remake. Uh, MGM and Fox, you know, is releasing whoa, the Blu-ray whoa, whoa, on. Whoa, there's a remake of Poltergeist. There is. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, it's it's going to be released digital September 4th. Blu-ray 3D, Blu-ray and DVD September 29th. And it's like the extended cut, right? Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that. Thank you, Jeremy. It actually has an alternate opening and ending, I believe. I didn't write it down, so don't quote me on it. But it has some kind of alternate footage. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I've pretty much gauged that almost every horror fan seems to say it's lukewarm, and I'll probably agree. But you know, I'll still see it for the by the end of the year, just so it, you know. It's yeah, people haven't said that it's terrible. It's just not good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? So uh, Lionsgate has set uh, Eli Roth's film knock knock sundance it's going to be released in limited theaters on demand october 9th 2015 cool mm-hmm. yep after right in time nice. for halloween yeah that yeah I, i'm i'm interested in that film a lot actually but mm-hmm. as well as cam or uh, the green inferno obviously yeah. Uh, so yeah. after that, we actually have a, uh, announcement from art exploitation films. Yep. yep. And that is that we have a film called German angst, which is supposed to be some sort of anthology, uh, that they picked up from Paris based real Suspects studio. So the art exploitation has the North American release. Uh, it's supposed to be, um, Hitting in 2016, I believe, on Blu-ray, DVD, and BOD. It's an anthology. One of the more interesting things is that our homie, we've covered two of his films and now a third one today, our homie Jorg Bergkerite. Bergkerite? Nailed it. (laughs) He actually has a segment called final girl that tells the story of a young girl who lives alone with her guinea pig in a rundown apartment in in berlin but is she really Mm -hmm. alone in the bedroom lies a man bound and gagged (laughs) sounds pretty cool and then there's two other uh segments on there this this sounds really neat to me i don't know that this just from the you know uh images that was released and in the descriptions uh our exploitation man doing big things yeah Oh, fuck yeah, man. Putting out so much good stuff right now. Yeah. And I love the anthology format, so that's cool with me. Yeah. And mm-hmm. with and with Jorg Bergkreit, we know that we're getting some uh, some nice. off-the-wall type shit. Yeah. I'm really curious to see what his segment is, like, looks like and, you know, like, how, like, what it's like, yeah. you know, because, yeah. I mean, it's weird to pretty think much everything we've seen by him like is... like, a grindhousey-looking movie now, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know, I'm I'm really intrigued by this. So. Yeah. Uh, so after that, we have another little announcement from uh, 
actually forget who's doing this, but it's uh, Halloween 6, the producer's cut, is supposed to be re-released uh, in you know a standalone edition. Obviously, the producer cut was the long-sought-after alternate cut of Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, that was released last year by Anchor Bay and Scream Factory, uh, partnering up, which was a huge release, mainly for Halloween 6, to be honest. So now it's actually going to get its own cut, so Jeremy can actually get a copy. Yeah. For its own release. <laughs> Told you fuckers. It, I probably won't get it the was special a ne- features. It was Do you inevitable. know who's releasing We it, all knew Jeremy? this was going to happen. Lionsgate. This is not, oh, okay. this is not surprising. Yeah, so that's weird how those rights went, right? I mean, because Lionsgate, Echo Bridge originally had the rights. Yeah. Well, Miramax originally had the rights. Licensed it to Echo Bridge. Echo somehow it came back to Anchor just, Bay for a minute, and then now it's Lionsgate picked up all the ones that uh, Echo Bridge had. It's, I'm not really sure how it all works. Like like Halloween Three is getting another release too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Universal's man? <laughs> releasing it. Like, yeah. Why? <laughs> because people will buy it. <laughs> people at Walmart. That's a that's you when you put that in the Halloween season. In Walmart for like seven eighty eight, ten dollars. Yeah, exactly, seven eighty eight for the Blu Ray, and then yeah, people bite on it. I guess. Yeah, you know, some people are gonna pick it up just for the for, just for the art that's on it. They're using different yeah. art on it, so. Yeah, yeah. So. Which I already have a DVD copy with that same art. So same. Like, whatever. That that's <laughs> gonna be released September fifteenth for only ten bucks, I believe, which is a decent yeah. deal. So definitely get on that. Uh, after that, we have Criterion. They announced. Um, well, they announced The Brood, which is a David Cronenberg mm. film, film from so 1979. Awesome. That comes out October 13th. And then they were... Like Mulholland Drive. Come yeah, on. they or, announced uh, David Lynch's Mulholland Drive, uh, which I don't think is... Is it a horror film? Not really, no, but it's, no. it's but fucking it's dark. And it's David Lynch, man. Yeah. So David Lynch's movies always appear in my horror section of my collection because... Yeah. They're dark. They're, you can't even categorize David Lynch movies. Yeah, they're Lynchian. So. Yeah. Uh, so that is October 27th. Uh, that is will be available. It's available pre-order now. Uh, so after that, during the lengthy Comic-Con uh, of 2015 San Diego Comic-Con, Scream Factory unveiled their list of 10 uh, horror films that they were going... Well, horror oh, films yeah. in quotation marks. Uh, so they announced uh, <laughs> Women Prison Massacre from 1983. Does anybody know anything about that one? No, but just by the title, I probably want to see it. Yeah. Well, all I know, all I know is that it's uh, it's a Bruno Mattai film, so you know it's going to be fucking awful and fucking genius <laughs> at the same time. Yep. So, so that is the really, first I mean, women I'm, in prison film. I'm super stoked. Every time, like Bruno Mattai is getting so much fucking love in the last two years. All of his films. I are want to know released. who had the rights to that movie. Um, I don't think that movie ever had a release. So oh, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. For some odd reason, but yeah, uh, that's pretty Blood, cool. That Screen Factory grabbed that one. Blood and Lace from 1971 will also be released, which I'm unfamiliar with that one as well. Yeah, me too. Well, I think the reason why we're so unfamiliar with, familiar with that film because I think that's another one that didn't have any type of media release. So that's I pretty think, good. I then. think it even I think it even said it was the first time it, it has any type of release. So fucking rights, man. When I saw the title, I was like, "Blood and Black Lace." I was like, "What the fuck?" Oh, Blood and Lace. <laughs> <laughs> that was like Mario Bob. I'm like, "You fuckers." 
of course. Troll yep. from 1986 and the sequel Troll 2 will be paired up in a double feature. That's a long suggested title that we knew was well, eventually going to come. Well, I, guess, yeah. I guess I can cross that off the uh, the obvious choices that were going to be released by Screen Factory because I literally have that on a list. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's Moods a, it's actually a, has a list above his computer that reads obvious choices that Screen Factory will release. Oh, yeah. And that reminds me, I forgot to cross off Ghoulies and Ghoulies 2. Double yeah. feature. <laughs> uh, Ghost Story from 1981. The mm. Guardian from 1990. I'm excited awesome for The Guardian. The Guardian, that's a great release. And yeah. of course, I, I know you I know you fucking dickheads watch my update, but... Oh, that's one. No, you guys didn't. But anyways, I grabbed The Guardian VHS. Yeah, the uh, DVD's been like, out of print for like forever. That's the thing. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. The Car from 1977 as well. Uh... Which, which I've actually annoying. never seen, but which is annoying because you know Arrow. that release kind of pisses me off because Arrow put out a really really stunning edition of that, and it's like was it Arrow factor. UK though? Yeah, yeah. Well, I would never. But have I mean, that. everybody at this stage in their collecting career should have a multi-region player, an all-region player. I don't. You know, come on, get with the fucking times. <laughs> still man. hard to get, dude. Uh, they're so, dude. I live in Canada where you cannot buy them, and I have two of them. Yeah, because you're side. fucking moods. <laughs> because I'm fucking, I have to have him, dude. He you is know, correct. Just... You are moods. Uh, so <laughs> I am moods. Nightmares from 1983. That one sounds more one of the more interesting ones to me. That one's been like so expensive. Yeah, that's it's awesome. Like bucks for what uh, nightmares? Yeah, the Anchor Bay edition. <laughs> I actually have the disc. The, yeah, the, I know like, the actual disc. I have no fucking art for it. It pisses it's me expensive. off. Expensive. Yeah. And then we have Death Becomes Her from 1992. And that's... Okay, I made a joke about this the other day. Because it's not necessarily like... It has horror elements to it, of course, with you know people dying and haunting and stuff. But I made a joke about uh, who would have ever thought that we would have seen a Meryl Streep film released by Scream Factory. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it's happening now. Fucking, yeah. That's so fucking bizarre, dude. Like, oh man. It's pretty funny. It's actually a pretty entertaining film, I'm not going to lie. The Garbage but. Pail Kids movie uh, <laughs> from 1987. This is a collector's edition. You know what's funny? I know that we're going to laugh about it and stuff, but I the reaction to, to the that was one yeah. of the more po- – like when yeah. I was on Twitter and Facebook and the internet, people were talking positive about that. It was it seemed like mm-hmm. it was more Shout Factory people, but everybody seemed to be really excited about that over all of these. And I was like, Really? <laughs> So I'm really hoping I'm really hoping that like the collector's edition artwork for it is just like one of the old garbage pail kid cards. Oh, it's I hope they just do cool it simple cool like that. I, I guarantee I, that artwork's gonna be really cool though. Yeah, I know. I'm looking forward to that actually. It's a fun movie. It's fucking terrible. terrible. So horrendously bad. It's so bad, but it's so much fun though. I mean, if you well, like giant what? heads. Well, uh, actually, <laughs> so then the final one is the one we talked about earlier, and that is the. Uh, collector's edition of the return of living dead so what's funny is i actually don't own any of these films except for obviously the return of living dead and troll one and two so this was a good announcement for me personally it you know that's funny because i own every title in there except for two (laughs) (laughs) which are the two that never had releases before so i'm like fuck yeah but obviously a couple of them i'm really excited for nightmares which i don't have the artwork for it guardian i'm really stoked i only have the vhs um, 
So, you know, overall, my reaction to it was, you know, it was pretty Good. above average. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, a couple films that never have releases is is automatic bonerville mm. for me i'm like yeah. that's fucking awesome screen factory that's great and going out and grabbing those out of print titles like nightmare and nightmares and uh, the guardian again bong mm-hmm. like yeah. i fucking you know so yeah that's good so i i found it was uh, a good announcement list but the only thing i was i was just really hoping for a big heavy hitter that wasn't return of living dead because like you said it already has a pretty stacked edition out there mm-hmm. um yeah. i was expecting to see something more along the lines of the Nightbreed set or a giant box set or something like that. That's what I was kind of hoping what their 10th one would be. Well, as soon as that 10th announced or that 10th title was announced and it wasn't the Phantasm box set, all you heard was, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, so, I mean, let's be honest here, man, the return of the living dead edition that we were talking about earlier, the steel book, it is an AB, uh, AB region release. So if you don't have an all region player, you can still watch it. You know, yeah, it's yeah. AB. So and that's the other kind of downer but to it. So sometimes I find those A Bs, the ones that are A and B, often the special features are only B. Um, no, I think they're. I think they actually they're both A B on this one. Okay, I think everything uh, works. Yeah. So death becomes her blood and lace. Tro- and the troll double feature is slated for November 2015. The rest are coming in 2016. Uh. And then we just have a few more things we'll go through really quickly. Uh, we have Arrow Video. Uh, they actually – this is Arrow Video UK. They announced the Scarlet Box, which is the Hellraiser 1 through 3 Super Edition, which – fuck, fuck. Man. I, I kind of would like that. Like I know that the Hellraiser films are kind of bad like later on, but dude, those first three, like it would be nice to have a little – blu-ray set with them like good additions too you know what i mean like there's yeah, a there's yeah. a lot of yeah i was like features and you know stuff. At, exactly at first i was like you know that's you know cool you know i mean we've had releases over here in region one Not part three um well yeah like it, it, it wasn't the cube edition didn't have part three in it too yeah but it's it not blu-ray is it blu-ray. no 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 this is i'm just saying it, we've yeah. had like trilogy releases yeah, of yeah. hellraiser but anyways um so no, I was, I was, you know, like, you know, it's Arrow. They're gonna do a great job with this. And then I fucking looked at the price, and I was like, what? It's seventy five pounds for that fucking box set. How much is that in dollars? Like a hundred. That well, Canadian. That's a hundred and fifty. Holy shit! Movies. That's a that's way over. What do you think a fair U.S. price for Hellraiser: The Scarlet Box would actually be? Sixty bucks. <sighs> Sixty bucks is fine. It I works feel out like twenty bucks a film. I feel like seventy five maybe would be the the most that it should be. That's, that's not even that bad. I mean, you know, it's Arrow. They're all probably DVD, Blu Ray, fucking combo packs, features. Yeah, twenty five bucks a film, whatever. Plus a bu- nice box set. Sure, I can I can dig it. But I mean, one hundred and fifty bucks. There's no fucking yeah. way. That thing's yeah, not I'm not sell. buying that. Seventy five pounds. That's not gonna fucking sell at all. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I was like, nope. Even well, it me, is limited. Even me is not going to buy that. There's no fucking way I'm paying Wait, wait. Let's mark this down now. There's and no way. We'll yeah, right? another, <laughs> and then we'll see it in another update. update. Although, although, I do have a, a fucking shit ton of points on Arrow, <laughs> on Arrow's site right now, which I might use towards. No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So, but, um, uh, yeah, I don't want to stay stay on that too much because it's, it's not for us. It's for the UK. So, fuck, fuck that. Yeah, well. Uh, after that, we or have get an all region player, and then it'll be for you too. <laughs> after that, we have an uh, tenderness of the wolves. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what this film is. It's a uh, 
German serial killer film. I, I honestly don't know anything about it, but it is a A uh, B release, so it, it will have a U.S. release. Do you guys know anything about it? No. Not so much. Okay, so we'll just move on from that one. And finally, which I thought was a really fucking cool announcement, that is the Black Cats box set. Which oh, fuck yeah. Actually, we'll have uh, two adaptations of Edgar Allan Poe's The Black Cat, uh, one by Fauci and the other one by Martino. Uh, Sergio Martino. Yeah, Sergio Martino. And, uh, yeah, and that's so awesome, man, because the release of that film, I think it was released by No Shame in America, and it, it's it's so out of print. It's, it's fucking impossible to find. It goes for stupid money. So this is great. This is awesome. This is being released. And you want to name the the name of the film because yeah it's, it's your vice is a locked room and only i have the key might be the longest title in cinema history <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i've wanted this movie forever because i'm such a huge sergio martino film, uh, fan like i love his movies i have tons of them in all different types of genres actually action fucking spaghetti westerns horror films giallos fucking everything never never seen this film because it's impossible to find. This is amazing. I like the idea of creating a box set just simply based on the fact that they're Edgar Allan Poe adaptations. Yeah, that's that's fucking awesome. And they call it the Black Cats box set. That's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I think it should be noted that this set will actually only be a run of 3,000 copies. But, and this is a but that I think a lot of people missed. They will actually both be released separately upon yeah. being sold out. So yeah. mm-hmm. if you don't want to pay the million dollars for the cool box set <laughs> and cool booklet, you will be able to get both standard releases by themselves afterwards. I never did see the price on this one. What, I didn't like, did they, oh, okay. I'm not sure. There's not an a North, there, there was but... not a North American pre-order link as the announcement was made. It was only a UK. Okay. So I don't think you can really go off the UK price, can you? I'm assuming this one isn't going to be that much. So I'll probably be, you know, you can mark my words. <laughs> I'll be grabbing this one. I won't be waiting for the single releases. <laughs> it's 50 bucks. He'll still buy it. Yeah, I, I can dig it. 50 bucks with the box set and the booklet and the cool shit. Yeah. Hell yeah. I would like it, but I don't know. I don't know if I could. Yeah, yeah. No, man, I've been after this film forever. <laughs> so fuck. I mean, the thing is, I already have two editions of the Black Cat, so I don't know if I need <laughs> one. But so it would probably more, you know, it'd be more obvious just to get the single release of you know the uh, Sergio Martino film. But now, fuck it, I'm getting a box set. I'm a hoarder. Okay, so that will wrap it up for the news, guys. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah. I thought I thought you said the news wasn't going to take very long. Well, we ended up talking about each one a little bit longer. <laughs> it took about 45 minutes for the news. Yeah, that's what I figured. All right, so moving on. Nice. That was cutting me off again like Jeremy always does. Very, very classy. Um, <laughs> yeah, there it is. All right, so moving into mood swings here, and we'll get into the uh, DVD and Blu-ray releases for... July 21st, 2015, and I have to say, not too bad. There's a lot of good stuff actually coming up. What's that? I think it's a little underwhelming, to be honest. Okay, well, that's because you're an idiot. Um, 
<laughs> no, there, there's actually some pretty good stuff, man. Kino is just, wow, they're releasing so much stuff, it's ridiculous. Uh, first off here from Kino, we've got uh, Black Sabbath, of course, Mario Bava's film. This, I believe, is the AIP version, which I think Kino kind of really fucked up with these because, um, you know, if you buy the Arrow releases of all the Mario Bava films, it comes with both versions and sometimes a third version of the film, too. But what Kino did is they released the Italian versions first, and now they're releasing the AIP version. So you actually have to buy two editions of the film. That's kind of shitty, yeah. <laughs> really. Um, but for the people out there that want the AIP version, which is the American dub version, different soundtrack or score, and of course it's in English, this is the edition for you. But I do recommend getting the Arrows because they're so much better. Speaking of Arrow. We have another release. This is an American release, of course, and it is called Cemetery Without Crosses. Uh, this movie looks fucking fantastic. I don't really know anything about it. I believe it looks like a Western. It is a Western, but you know, they always seem to put out like, you know, really, really good ones, but looks awesome. Back to Kino. <laughs> we have a Vincent Price film, which I have actually ordered myself because I've been wanting to see this one forever. And it is House of a Thousand Dolls. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, you're right, man. The the pre-orders on here are expensive. This one yeah, is more expensive good. on .com than .ca, which is really fucking strange. But yeah, it's a Vincent Price film I've never seen before. Um, moving along here to Screen Factory, and we finally have the release of I, Madman. I know this is one that people have been waiting for to come out because the DVD's been out of print. And it was I don't also think it on for... your obvious choice list. Is that really Did you mark that one off? Yeah. Yeah, it, it was on the list. I knew this one was going to come over from Screen Factory. Uh, yeah, and you're right, Jeremy. The uh, the DVD doesn't go for that much, but some people still passed on it. But, you know, probably for good reasons because yeah. it was kind of an obvious choice that Screen Factory was inevitably, inevitably going to release I, Madman. I mean, whatever. Um, yeah, so that's coming out. Of course, non-collector's edition. Uh, next up from uh, Kino, we've got another Vincent Price film with, of course, Peter Cushing, and it's Madhouse. And another film... I've been wanting a Region 1 release forever. Um, I know it's got Region 2 releases and stuff, but again, again from Kino, just killing it. And, of course, The Hoarder and Me pre-ordered that one also. <laughs> uh, I will mention this one, uh, even though it's not really a horror film, but uh, Showdown in Little Tokyo is getting a archive collection review, or review, release. And I believe that these archive Blu-rays are pressed. Are they not? Yeah. That seems to be the consensus on this, and that's really interesting. They're pressing up these releases, so it's like a bonafide, legit release now. Yeah, I don't know. Only the so, Blu-ray, so that's strange. Yeah, I know. Dolph Lundgren, Brandon Lee. It's a good film. It's a fun film. And yeah, moving along here, we got. Uh, oh man, what is the deal with Full Moon? Like, I don't even get this. Um, so they released years ago, you know, the first three. Uh, <sighs> Uh, films. Um, subspecies? <laughs> subspecies. Oh my god, it was escaping me for that, for a second. Now they've released Vampire Journals. Um, when is the fourth film going to come out? Well, if, if they've released the first three, uh, the fourth film came out after Vampire Journals in yeah, it did. It actual actually... life. So maybe they're, yeah, I know. they consider this, this is kind of like the series. It's so strange because this one is actually like it's nah. totally like a spin-off from the Yeah, it does the have films. the same character though, so I mean it is in the world. Yeah, it, it's so it's so bad though. And don't you have like twelve copies of this yeah, movie too, up. JP? 
<laughs> Fucking strange. Uh, <laughs> I've actually uh, seen it up. more than once as well. Oh, that's that's crazy. Um, next up here, we got a film called What We Do in the Shadows. Um, I believe this is like a uh, obviously a comedy, bloody hilarious from the creators of Flight funny. of the Concords. Yeah, this one actually was piquing my interest. I was kind of looking at it and reading up on it a little bit, and looks pretty cool, man. Actually, released by Paramount, so I don't really know anything about it. So, uh, next up, we've got the second release from the J- uh, the Jess Franco collection um, from Full Moon. Of course, they're releasing ten films by Jess Franco. This one's called Barbed Wire Dolls. And you know what you're going to get with Jeff Franco. It's going to be really, really bad and lots of nudity. So definitely pick it up for cheap. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got another one here called Dark by Noon. Um, yeah, and you know crickets what? on this one. Before and it's you, funny because this is released by Olive. Before you go <laughs> to your next uh, one, this th- th- we have three Ghostlies this week. And uh, the next one will probably be the first of three, right, Mids? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I actually don't know really anything about this film. It's got Michael O'Flannery in it. It's um, a terrible title. But Dark by Noon, though. I don't know. All of releasing some, you know, contemporary stuff. Um, okay, yeah. The first of some uh, ghostlies here. The first of the ghostlies called Haunted Hollywood. Oh, and of course, but the, funny, <laughs> so the best thing fucking about, terrible. The, about, the best fucking thing about this movie, though. It's starring Eric Roberts, of, oh, of course. Of course. What else? <laughs> How does that guy make so many fucking movies? He's in like, like everything. They're not hiding shit here, man. It's 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 like it's like the worst Fright Night cover ever. Or ripoff cover ever. <laughs> kind of reminds me of that. But the tagline or the quote, the ghosts are ready for their close up. Mm. It's like God. what what movie is that guy not in? It just sounds so bad. And of course it's released by Full Moon. So Oh, that's gonna be even worse. So you pretty much know what you're getting with that one. Um, now, this next movie, I was like, what the fuck? This has to be one of the worst titles and laziest titles I've ever seen <laughs> on a film. Like, this is fucking bad. It's called House on the Hill. <laughs> really? You really? know what? I thought this was a ghostly, but I could be wrong because it's based on the true story of the San Francisco killer. You know what else, though? Look at the could font. Could be a ghostly of the of San Francisco House killer. House on the Hill. Okay, look at the font. Does that house font not look exactly like the last house like on how, the left font? On the left? Yeah. I thought the <laughs> exact same thing, dude. That's good that you brought that up because I was actually going to say that, and it totally does. Wow. This is generic on all levels. And, of oh, course, yeah. this is released by an awesome studio called ITN Distribution because oh, we all know who they are. They've released some masterpiece Oscar-worthy films right there. <laughs> oh, this so that is, is about Leonard Blake, though. That's pretty interesting. I didn't realize that's who that was. Leonard Lake is that guy, Jeremy. I know you recently watched Snuff. Yeah, I was uh, going to talk about that. Thanks. Yeah, he's uh, in, in Snuff. So uh, that like that's one of the stories they talk about. That yeah. guy that was kidnapping and raping those girls. Interesting. Uh, next up, I actually don't mind like, the art on this film. It's you know it's pretty bad and, and shitty, but I like it. It's called The Jokesters. <laughs> Just got a skull with like half a face. Who released this one? See who gets the last laugh. Well, let's find out who gets last laugh here. Random Media. Is that a real fucking studio? That. I doubt it. That's fucking Amazon just putting some shit in their studios. Yeah, random if Amazon media. like can't find a actual studio <laughs> that's like, sending them their shit, they like make shit up. <laughs> they totally do because it's, it's that random, right? Like, random ever see studio. the one that's like 1-800-MEDIA or something? It's like, what? <laughs> 
<laughs> I wonder what our movie will be that, under. Like how many fucking times we said that though? It's just ridiculous. Yeah. All right. So next up, we got a. Oh my god, this one again with the most generic title ever. This is getting so bad. Released by E1, and it's called The Orphanage. Oh, jeez. Yes, and the cover is is beyond bad. It's, it's totally a little like kid. A killer- Standing there with a knife. knife. He looks like a yeah. ghostly kid, and there's like scratchy look to it all. And there's a tricycle because you know tricycles are creepy, and yeah, uh, you have to, he, especially because, when nobody's on the tricycle, that even <laughs> makes them more creepy. Because you have to rip off the shining. You know, you have to have some type of rideable three wheeler or saw. Um, or saw. Yep. Um, you don't want to go there. Is the tagline? Oh, jeez. Jesus, man, I'm I'm fucking terrified, and I'm not going there. Definitely not buying that shit either. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, moving along with the releases, uh, we've got um, finally coming out here uh, uh, on the 21st, which is American Guinea Pig Bouquet of Guts and Gore, released by uh, Unearth Films. And um, I I don't know, is there a two disc version of this too? Because this one's like the three disc limited edition that's going for like ridiculous money. It's like 28 bucks for this. I think that's a little overpriced, to be no honest. Idea, but, but the main star I'm not a fan of, so I'm not going to watch it. Who's the main star? Yeah. The main star? The person is... that should not be named. <laughs> yeah, we'll I don't know who that, that is. Uh, Eight the Chosen. Okay. Uh, Eight the Chosen. Um, next up here, we got a film. And I fucking love the, the cover art on this. I think it's fantastic. Uh, released by Wild Eye. So maybe we might receive this one. I don't know. And it's called Morbid. Uh, really cool cover. I, I dig it, man. I dig that shit. But I, I, I think that. a little criticism of Wild Eye, real quick. I feel like they don't have like a proper like release schedule where they like let you know in advance. So only with their big titles do they actually send you an email. The other ones like you have to like Ask. find out when they're coming out and then request them. Which eh. you know I I don't have a problem with requesting titles, but I don't know about them. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, from Girls and Corpses. <laughs> that already sounds awesome. They present The Meat Puppet. I think I've heard about yeah. this one. This one actually looks pretty good. I don't know. There's something about it that's just kind of intriguing me. So, you know, it's probably something that'll be in my in my collection sooner than later. Um, and I believe... Oh, no. There's actually one more. And I believe this is another ghostly. Jesus Christ. And it's called Reminiscence? The beginning Renaissance Reminiscence. I fucking can't pronounce this. Reminence? Someone help me out. Reminiscence. Reminiscence. <laughs> the beginning. I think that's what it is. Reminiscence. The beginning. And this has to be like another ghostly. I mean, look so at this. So it's a shit. prequel to a movie that doesn't exist. <laughs> it's called The Beginning. Come on. Uh, S G I Entertainment. Oh my god. What's going so, on? I. I so many they even made the, they even out. made they even made the fucking tagline unreadable. I can't even read it. You know what if time breaks down? Oh my god. Something Seriously. that I wanted to do for a while here cuz I think you just finished up on the releases, correct? I did. And that is going to conclude the releases for July 21st, 2015. So Gia. I actually wanted to ask you whenever you do the releases since it's kind of like your thing, is there one if there's one release every week that you would recommend our listeners buying, what do you think it would be? Well, that's a good idea. Um out of the ones that I have talked about, you know, this week, um you know, for myself, 
I, you know, I, I, I have to recommend House of a Thousand Dolls and Mad House, you know, Vincent Price films. Cause, nope, you don't know, cheat. I'm, Only one. Okay, so I will recommend this week that everyone goes out and gets um, Madhouse. Bam! Sells through the roof. Yeah. Madhouse <laughs> is the one you want to pick up this week. Though, so you can't See, I can't, I can't recommend, you know, Black Sabbath, the, the Kino version, because for the reasons I mentioned before, I mean, the Arrow edition is just so superior to these. And plus, you got to buy both of them, which is not cool, man. That's not cool. So, Madhouse is the pick of the week. Hey, least pick of the week from Moods. Uh oh, new segment. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, it's actually good. Did you just come up with that right now? I- I've thought about it for a long time. All right, I'll-, I'll be honest here. the The reason I thought about it was because normally we go to the voicemails right after you do the releases. But since yeah. I never know a hundred percent when you're done with the releases, I figured this will let me know. Get the voicemails ready. He's doing his release of the week, so. I kind of thought of it for that reason, but I think it also works for just being a cool little thing as well. Nice. I actually really, I, I like that because you put me on the spot and I had to pick one and you know me, I, I, of course I cheated right away. <laughs> First thing he says is, well, I would probably do this or this. And I'm like, wait a minute. I just said, what's the one release you would tell everybody to buy? <laughs> That's totally me to cheat right yeah. away. You know, um, but I, of course I was lying. We're obviously going to go with Haunted Hollywood. You know, yeah, well, I was going to say Vampire Journals. <laughs> yeah, vampire so I need the Blu-ray edition. I really, really don't I only, like I'm, I only have the five DVD editions. So, <laughs> I, so you yeah, know you need the Blu-ray. Though. you got to get the Blu-ray. Uh, <laughs> I have it on It's probably going to look the same as all of those DVD transfers. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, fucking rights. Alrighty, so that is going to conclude the new releases, like I said before. And we'll move along into the voicemails and questions. Do we have any this week? Uh, we we actually do have uh, a couple voicemails, I believe. Both of them are from Derek, and I actually believe that one of the voicemails actually came in while we was recording the show, so I don't have that, so that'll be on the next show. Mm, okay. Well, he did say that he left two a few days ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said. Oh, well, I, okay. I meant we, we have two from Derek, and then there was a third one from somebody else, but it came in during the show. Yeah, that's okay. what I meant. To say. Oh, shit. All right, so here is the first one from Derek. Hey, guys. Derek here. Got something different for you guys. I want to talk about a film you guys should all check out. That I just watched recently. That everyone should actually check out. Seconds from 1966. It's technically not a horror film, but a dark sci-fi fable brought to us. Get the fuck out of here. Frankenheimer. <laughs> it's... Main like goal purpose of the film is the main character gets a second chance of life, but to extreme extents. I can't really want to get into the story because it's a film that can be spoiled with any mention of the story told within it. All I can say is the film is very dark in nature, but is amazing to look at with its trippy cinematography and camera angles and all that good stuff. Awesome Jerry Goldsmith score. It def would be an interesting conversation piece for your show and hope to hear all your opinions on this film. It is truly fantastic and 
should be seen by millions. I don't give films 10 out of 10 every day for anything. <clears throat> for any reason, for that matter. Hope to hear your thoughts on it, even maybe hear mine someday soon. Cheers, dudes. P.S. Wicked awesome. Well, thank you, Derek. That, that, way, that has to be like the most melodic voicemail i've heard in so long he was very precise and he'd pause and it was so calculated and um yeah man i i wish i had have uh thought about that or even got this voicemail before because i actually just made a barnes and noble you know criterion order (laughs) so i bought four titles and i was like yeah that's enough i i think i'm done for the for this sale so but that is one I'll put on the list for sure. I, you know, it, it sounds great. It really does. I like the premise. Criterion cool. put it out. It must be good. It has. That's the thing, man. You know, if there's one company that you don't feel, you know, bad Chips. about blind yeah. buying films is probably Criterion because, you know, you're going to get something really, really fucking good. Yeah. The majority of the time. So, but yeah, thanks for the voicemail, Derek. We'll definitely be uh, putting that on the list. I, I, I want to check it out. Yeah, cool. 1966. I never knew what the fuck it was about because I'd always see the cover of that and I, it just doesn't really give anything away. Like, you have no idea what it's about when you look at the cover. So, yeah. All right. So, after that, we will play our second voicemail from Derek, which, um, cool leaving two voicemails in uh, right back to back. I got both of them at the same time, I think. Texas Chainsaw Master. <laughs> <laughs> Come soon. Hey guys, I'm back again with another question. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> I got a question. Oh, it's gonna be what is the worst film from your favorite country that's listed on your about section on your 22 Shots and Moves website? Also, what's your favorite films that take place in your home state or hometown. That'd be interesting, guys. Hope to hear back. Wicked awesome. Ooh, great question with the uh, home state thing. But yeah. so uh, the first thing was, what's the worst film you've seen from the your favorite country, which is on our about section in uh, the, on the website, which I haven't finished yet. But <laughs> so what's uh, what's yours, Moods? Worst film from, so I guess it would be Italy, right? Um, oh man, yeah, this one's hard too. I have to like... see that's a that's a very subjective question because man, there is some fucking there's some bad films that I like, but like bonafide bad bad films. Um, I would probably have to say, oh fuck, maybe like. I think it's something I actually reviewed on the uh, on the podcast. Um, one of yeah, the yeah, uh, I was thinking you gave a, a certain Italian film like a like a two or a three before, but I can't remember what it is. Yeah, and the title is actually escaping me right now, which I cannot believe I can't f- remember the title. Um, oh, I remember SS Experiment Camp. Oh yeah, that one was awful. Huh? That's what it just came to me. Yeah, that's um, but even you know, had its moments. Yeah. Uh, it did, man. There was a couple moments in the film that literally made me bust into tears laughing. I was pissing myself. Is that the one with the penis? It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He cut off yeah. his dick or something. Oh, fuck, dude. Like, there's so much just ridiculousness going on in the film. But it's such a bad movie. <laughs> it's fucking horrible. 
but yeah, I would probably, that's honestly the first thing that came into my mind, you know, I mean, there's obviously some really, really bad Italian films, but that one sticks out, man, as being a terrible film, which is on the video nasty list, of course, for probably the penis shit mm-hmm. and, you know, just the, you know, the experiments on women and stuff. But yeah, SS Experiment Camp, fucking terrible, awful film. Jeremy. I don't know. This is hard because I I don't think I've Jeremy's seen... saying the French. It's impossible for him to make a bad film. Oh, French Canadian. There's some bad French Canadian films. <laughs> that, no, no, no. I'm not being funny. I'm just saying there are some like Silent Hill Revelations. That's French Canadian. I don't think that fun. counts as France French films. It's French Canadian. It's just mm. they speak French. It's not from the country of France. It's funny, man. I've seen French film lists before, and it incorporates, you know, films that were produced in Quebec and and in France too. Even though it is completely different, they they speak different French, but I don't know. I guess I don't really know much. Isn't that good? Well, the problem is with this is the reason that we see French films is because they pick the good ones to show us. It's not like the bad French films are getting released over here because that would be pointless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine is USA. Anybody want to take a stab in the dark? Beneath the Mississippi. Yes. You, sir, are correct. Beneath the Mississippi. <laughs> the worst of the worst of the worst horror films ever made. And I challenge anybody to argue any different. <laughs> yeah, so, how many uh, times has that movie been brought up man Holy yeah God. i know and we've never actually reviewed it or rated it let's move on so uh what is moods i guess you don't have a state it's what a province correct yes so what what's yes. your what's your favorite horror movies that take place in your province um well it, i mean obviously the answer is very very obvious i mean there to be honest there isn't really a shit ton of horror films that come from bc uh i mean more mainstream stuff there's a lot of independent stuff but uh i mean without a question in my mind it's gutterballs from ryan nicholson oh yeah uh, ryan Nich- ryan just lives you know pretty close to me and uh yeah so everything that ryan's done i mean gutterballs is actually shot all in surrey and stuff in the bowling alley which unfortunately is not there anymore it's like a home and gardening type bullshit i was talking with ryan at uh, horcon and he, he was all bummed out about it too it's shitty because they had to shoot gutterballs too actually in a bowling alley in uh in washington and uh so that kind of sucked he was kind of bummed out, but uh, but yeah, bonafide um, gutter balls. I mean, we haven't really like a lot of mainstream ones. I can think of Dreamcatcher, maybe if that counts as a horror. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> that was shot in in my hometown, actually. So yeah, gutter balls. Got to go with gutter Jeremy, balls. Jeremy, I know you have a lot to pick from. What about you? <clears throat> uh, this is hard. Let's see. You have Candyman, Child's Play, Henry, Poltergeist Three. What else do we have? The Relic, I think oh, that was shot fuck, in I Chicago. I didn't know that, dude. What? I had no idea. I didn't know Poltergeist 3 was actually shot in Chicago. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I, th- I know it, like, it takes place, right? But I didn't realize it was actually shot there. Interesting. Hmm. Child's Play would be a cop-out answer. I think that, but I think it's the correct answer because he asked, like, what's your favorite, right? Yeah. So. I guess it just so play. happens. Yeah, I think I and think then, Candyman, Candyman, Candyman yeah. like really like sets the mood from the yeah. location. So I think yeah. that's a good pick as well. 
Um, okay, so mine, I mean, there was a lot of movies that were either filmed or take place in Pennsylvania. Everything from, you know, August Underground to uh, The Happening. Uh, I would probably say that the ones that I'm most a fan of, and it should come as no surprise because it's more on the western side of Pennsylvania, you know, notably Pittsburgh, which is where I'm mostly from, you know, below Pittsburgh. I would have to say that the Romero trilogy is is mine you oh. know because yeah. <laughs> i mean they literally are you know set in pennsylvania filmed in pennsylvania tom savini's from pennsylvania it's it's a definite you know dream team and most notably they're from pittsburgh so that's that's you know a big thing because i mean i mean like philadelphia is a completely different uh like world to me like like the philly lifestyle and like the, the different uh you know it's just different it's it's almost like pennsylvania's two states there's like the east and the west um but you know i, I would probably say that the the romero trilogy and also i mean all of fucking romero's other films take place in pennsylvania too so uh yeah that's my answer just before everyone starts barking down our throat you know making comments about bc and shit like that i just <laughs> want to state you know that uh you know the suska sisters are from vancouver also yeah. So I didn't I didn't overlook, you know, American Mary and stuff like that and, you know, Dead Hooker in a Trunk and, and, you know, their films. Yeah, I just wanted to mention, yeah, they are from here and, you know, and all that good stuff. And That's why they I mean, I could grade even six. <laughs> grade six, yeah. Uh, you know, even, you know, mentioning the Masters of Horror, you know, pretty much every episode was filmed around Vancouver area, too, which is really cool. So, um, but yeah, there is actually quite a bit of stuff. But like I said, Ryan Nicholson, hands down, gutter balls. Just wanted to mention the Soska sisters because they're sexy and hot. Yeah, Soska. <laughs> so yeah, the Soska. I believe actually we have the rare topic for mood swings. This is a segment I like to call. Uh, we actually don't have a name for it, but we could call it knowledge if you want. Knowledge. Yeah, this and is where this we talk is, about some random shit. Some random shit. Um, Let's see if Jeremy, we remember you... that we just talked about about an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, somebody brought up, someone posted on our, um, I believe it was Adrian. Uh, he posted something that was, and actually specified that we talk about it on the podcast because it was actually quite interesting. You uh, ask and we do. Yeah. And it, it was, it's about a, a company, a film production company out of Italy. And, um, you know, I'm really, really a big fan of the company, uh, films, the, the films, you know, and he posted this thing having to do with, you know, a fan that had reviewed a film. And basically what happened was the PR guy for Necrostorm, which I'll name now, you know, basically saw the review and really got pissed off because it was a negative review. And it wasn't even so much that it was a negative review. He just said a few negative things and he got all offensive. And actually kind of flagged the video and got him a strike on his channel and blah, 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 because it was solely a negative review. Now, Jesus fucking Christ, where do we start with this, man? This is ridiculous. I mean, so first, off, first let me know, ask this. Was the uh, was it a press copy that the dude reviewed or was he just a fan? who? Re- no, no, no. He reviewed the game. Okay. Necrostorm's coming out with a video game. There was a yep. beta on their website. He downloaded the beta and he re- he uh, YouTubed himself playing it. And Necrostorm got pissed off and copyrighted striked his channel because they thought that he didn't have the right to record and upload this game footage to this beta onto his channel. It was so, actually it was it was about the game too, and it was yeah. also about he had I think he talked about the movie Infidus 
that yeah. just came out from them too. And he had talked about, he said things like, because Necrostorm claims that the guys that were starring in the film are actual real criminals. They just got out of jail, blah, blah, blah. And he said, Hey, you know, I saw this guy in uh, hotel Inferno. That's bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And they got super offended even about, you know, him talking about Infidus. Um, so, and then Jeremy continue. So they copyrighted his channel and he emailed them and asked them why he got a copyright strike and um, he was polite about it. He asked them, he went to the forums to make sure there wasn't any rules about uploading gameplay and all this. And they emailed him back a really nasty, not a nasty response, but a very smart Alec response. And he got really mad about this and he uploaded a video on YouTube just absolutely destroying Necrostorm and saying some pretty mean things and they ultimately saw the video and they after a bunch of emails had already passed back and forth yeah and they and then and then in the video that he makes they, he's like oh, and this is when they saw my video and then everything kind of kind of shifted gears a little bit <laughs> so they emailed them and they said some pretty insulting things about America and uh fat people and all this kind of stuff that they shouldn't probably be saying and he even said that he was wrong for uploading this video, you know, being mean to Necrostorm and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, he apologized for that, but they just kept on being assholes about it and thinking that they were, you know, bigger and better than what, let's be honest, what they truly are, you know. Oh, we've, we've sold millions of dollars in movies and stuff like that. Well, you have a pretty... Yeah, the attitude, the attitude came across like, you know... We're better than you. Yeah, like we're better elitist. than you and fuck you. It totally. I mean, they're an independent company, and I understand where they're coming from too, because they are independent. When they do sell copies from their website, they're retaining pretty much all that all that money because they are the people that run Necrostorm are the uh, directors, and they're all involved. Like yeah. it's their shit, so they're making technically a lot of money from us that are buying these films. They're taking all that money, and so yeah, they're probably doing pretty well for themselves, but. Um, it just came across as very, very douchey. And it really sucks to say because I love every film from Necrostorm I've actually reviewed to date. Luckily, I haven't given a bad review yeah. yet because I fucking love their movies. Like Adam Chaplin, Tater City, um, you know, Hotel Inferno, Judy I loved, which was kind of an outside film. And um, and their new one, Infidus, which is um, like a revenge film. It's really kind of cool with two stories. But I'll get into that some other time. But um yeah, I was very disappointed in hearing their the way they kind of alienated their fans and just, you know, we're better than you, fuck America, and, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, and the holy guy's not fuck. even American, which is even funny. He's yeah, and, and that, was, that was the funny thing. They're like, fuck America, you guys are fat fucks, blah, blah, blah. And then Buddy's like, dude, I'm not even American, man. <laughs> just like, so, like, and this is after they even seen the video, which yeah. is so much more ignorant. I mean, really, like, you know someone that, you know, is from the UK instantly. Come on. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. You know he's not American. It was so fucking ignorant. I was just like, I, I lost a lot of respect for Necrostorm after this. And I was like, that fucking which, sucks, man. You should. I mean, if everything that's being told is, you know, accurate, uh, to even get to the level where they uh, <clears throat> insult, uh, let's say the guy was American, or it doesn't even matter if he was or wasn't, to the fact that they're insulting in that way for a company, you know, that's supposed to have like this this uh you know higher standing where they're not supposed to drop down to that level on the internet uh mm -hmm. that's that's a shame dude that's some that's yeah. some terrible stuff but it's and this one guy we don't know who this guy is you know i'm not saying that what he did the guy who was emailing was right but it was just one guy 
mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i don't think it you know one person says something i understand that it illustrates but what I the think, whole company is yeah, about but, it, but it's if it's your pr yeah. guy then it does reflect but i think company. also yeah. From what I kind of gathered from it too, I, apparently you're not allowed to say anything bad like on their, on the forums or you know any type of bad video reviews and stuff. They do go after you. So what and they're, they're like, trying you can't to say shit about our shit is it's, it's ridiculous, man. It's not like Dustin Mills or fucking you know Ryan Nicholson and shit like that. I mean, like Ryan, I consider a buddy of mine. Like he, he's a cool guy. Um, you know, honestly. I gave a pretty shitty review to to live feed the exact weekend I met him at Horcon, you know, and Ryan's like, you know, it's all good, man. It's all good. It was, it was an early film of mine. He's like, I respect your opinion and stuff. And I told, I was like, man, I feel kind of shitty, but that's just the way I feel. And he's like, totally cool, dude. You know? So he didn't like fucking attack me. It's just an opinion. These guys are taking their shit way too fucking serious, man. Way too fucking serious. These type of films, especially the type of films that they are creating are not for everybody. They are, totally unique and interesting but they're not for everybody and you know you have you're you you have to expect you're going to get all types of different criticisms especially for these type of films and you just can't take it to heart man necrostorm stop alienating your fans it's fucking ridiculous guys and i was so pissed off when this thing came out because i had just got the new film in the mail which i had ordered from necrostorm out of italy like i have with all their other films and i'm going fuck man what the fuck <laughs> you know and they're not cheap well, so one thing that I will say is the company deserves to feel a little backlash from this, if anything, because when you do stuff like that, you have to be held accountable. So uh, the link to that live leak video will be in the description of this video for you guys to check it out. Um, I feel like the the main the main thing is just the tactic of um, you know bullying or you know. Uh, you know, pushing back against uh, critic criticism, which no company should ever ever do, because it's no. it's no. you're putting your product out there to be judged, right? Like mm-hmm. once you sell it to somebody, or you know, you make it available to uh, stream via you know some sort of purchase or anything like that, you cannot have a uh, you know a bullying mentality of forcing people to to you know, take their videos down or creating copyright claims or anything like that. I mean, it's fine to uh, argue with somebody who has a piss poor opinion about uh, your quality of release, but it's different when you uh, sort of attack uh, the people who are having a negative opinion um, because simply because you're afraid that it's going to affect your sales. It's not because the guy was like precisely that, you know, you didn't understand the movie or something, right? It wasn't that. It was that they were mad because they thought that, uh, you know, it was a negative review and it would affect them negatively. And that's exactly what it was about. I mean, like Jeremy saw it, too. And it's fucking it's blatant. They were talking about sales and it's so blatant. And they were just like, you know, in so many words, they're just like your reviews are possibly going to affect our blah, blah, blah. We sold this blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, fuck, man, like settle the fuck down that's all i got from it i was like that's ridiculous i've never seen anybody react like this over something so minuscule i mean just leave it alone i mean more people are gonna see your reaction to this guy's fucking video than people are actually gonna watch the original review i hope a lot of people see this video so basically by you responding in that negatory way you just create a shitstorm for yourself because all you did was put it out there for more people to see. 
I mean, I don't know how big this guy's channel is or whatever. Maybe a lot of people do see it. But, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I don't know who this YouTuber is. And I know the story now because of what happened with this PR guy. Yeah, and a couple I mean, hundred people. All you did was fuck yourself over. know as well. Yeah, all they did was fuck themselves over. And, like, it fucking sucks, dude, because I'm such a big fan of the company. And I'm like, now I'm, like, torn. I'm like, Ugh, I don't know, man. Fuck. Yeah. You know, I wish it was easier to get over here. I mean, like Buddy even said, he goes, you know, I recommend people, if you want to still buy the films, because, you know, I still kind of recommend them, get them from Diabolic DVD when they have them. But they don't always carry the products. Like, they don't even have the new film right now. You can't even get it. You have to get it from Italy. Uh-huh. So, you know, that's unfortunate. Yeah. So I don't know. That's all I got to say on that. I don't want to, you know, spend a whole lot of time just tearing into him. It's just, it's unfortunate, man. It's really, really sad that this mm-hmm. shit actually happens. You yeah. Know? Ridiculous. I mean, I thought we lived in a fucking world that, you know, opinions were, can be accepted time to time. I mean, we do it every day, dude. We get criticized. We I don't even delete. We, we don't respond. I don't even delete my comments on YouTube that say, like, I'm afraid Mercury want to be faggot. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, dude, that is pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you go to my video right now, my recent society review, and that comment's still on there. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah, but it also comes from one of the biggest trolls in the fucking world. Piece of fucking shit. Um, So it is laughable. But uh, yeah, this, this whole thing is unfortunate, man, I have to say, you know, but. It is what it is, I guess, man. You know, if that's the way they feel, that's the way they're going to respond. So, and that was knowledge. Yeah. (laughs) Two new segments in one episode. Look at this, man. We're creating as we're going. We're flowing. We are flowing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, continue along with mood swings. And I guess we'll get into the uh, the corners report. Uh, weird stats and morbid facts, courtesy Rue Morg. I grabbed a random one this week. Uh, this one is from it's the January February issue of uh, Rue Morg from 2012. Um, it's the one with uh, the woman in black on the cover, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, I can't believe that made the cover. It's pretty crazy. Um, but I was kind of reading through them, and there's not really. This is actually kind of the weaker corners report i've ever seen but uh i don't know i thought this was actually kind of interesting and i know since you know jp you're such a big stephen king fan i thought it was just kind of interesting that you know this is a quote from him um but anyway stephen king once said that every author of suspense should write at least one tale about a ghostly room at an inn (laughs) do you agree with the statement do you agree with that i guess so you know it's Stephen King, man. Like, how do we how do we disagree with the man, Stephen King? I know, dude. You know, like you know, it's so hard. I read it and I was like, oh, that's perfect. That's mm-hmm. good. That's good. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it's kind of funny too since we just talked about so many ghostlies and in, in the it, new it's releases. A classic and, and tale, is... though. It really is. Right? I mean, it's <laughs> it's 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 a tale that's been told for a long time. So it, it makes yeah. sense that everybody should kind of tackle it. Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, on that note, that's going to conclude mood swings. Gia. Alrighty. So moving along into the, what we watch portion of the show. Yeah. Um, what did we watch this week, guys? Who wants to go first? Jeremy. Nope. <laughs> JP, why don't you start us off? Me? 
Yeah, what? fucker. I oh. always go first. Kiss my ass. I like when you go first. Okay, so uh, I guess I'll talk about All-American Bully from 2011 coming to us courtesy of Wild Eye Releasing. So, first of all, I noticed in Moods' review that he pointed out the fact that the cover is very misleading. And I was a little bummed because that's the movie I wanted to see. I wanted to see a movie on a school shooting. And it really wasn't. So no, it was nothing about that. <laughs> yeah, the well, there was the there was, was so misleading, man. There was really? a shooting, and yeah, but, it was involving school kids, <laughs> which is not in school. It's not. In school. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, actually, let's let's do the IMDb description. Every seven seconds in America, a child is victimized by a bully. Adults who witness these attacks will only intervene four percent of the time. Eleven percent of the time. A friend will come to the victim's aid and become a victim themselves. Wow, that's mm-hmm. a good description of the movie. In a really extreme way. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, this film follows a couple of high school students, uh, one of which is bullied by a former friend. Uh, then you know they kind of get revenge on the bully by uh, teasing to reveal a secret about the bully, and that kind of sends him over the edge. And I'll kind of leave the story at that. So I know that um, you guys have both seen this film as well. Uh, Me, I actually watched it twice. The first time I watched it with a group and I missed a lot of things, so I decided to watch it again. Uh, I know that Jeremy mentioned that his uh, impression of Adrian King's part was kind of weak. Terrible. I agree, man. Adrian King, I was excited when I seen her attached to it, and it did not deliver. One, I don't really. Okay, is it just me or does her story, like what? What is? What was? What point? I didn't get it. What <clears throat> fucking point does it have between the Based? teacher and the kid? What does that have to the story between? Well, I don't know well, what it was that she was upset sub- about. All she is, is a, she's a fucking bully herself. Was she upset her <clears throat> son was gay or something? Yeah, because yeah. it didn't come yeah. off and, that way. And the way I see it, like yeah, this sub story or the subplot in this film makes no sense. It doesn't even have like no. a like an an ending to it either it just it's just kind of there in the film to fill time which is unfortunate but yeah you know she is the principal of the school and she feels the way i interpreted was you know she feels obviously she's totally against her son being gay but the way i saw it was she was pissed off at the teacher and she's like she makes a comment in the film on the lines of you know your people shouldn't be allowed to teach and, at and first, she's like, you know like, what? Wow. I was like, about. wow, that's really fucking racist because the teacher <laughs> happens to be black. But then I, I kind of realized right after she said it, I was like, whoa, it actually isn't regarding his race. It's actually because I think the teacher was gay himself. And yeah. what he had done, he'd, he'd probably talked to her son and said, hey, man, it's OK. It's yeah. OK to be gay. Don't worry about what other yeah. people think, which they don't exploit that in the film at all. Oh, I thought they you were kind of have to. You kind of have to read the lines, and I kind of thought that too, a little bit too. And I, was I like, didn't what the fuck, that. but they don't explore it. See, but that's I the, that's it, what I, that's exactly what I thought. Okay, yeah, so see, one of the, I, things... the way I took it was, yeah, the teacher totally just allowed the son to be himself, and you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. And of course, Adrian King's character is fucking they got huge in the piece car. of shit. They got in the car together, so I thought like, oh, maybe they're doing it or yeah. something. So the way that Moods just explained it is the way that it should have been on film, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, because yeah. that's how you properly go through that uh, subplot arc. The problem is, is they probably only had Adrian King for a day, and they didn't have time to shoot the whole thing. So I have a feeling that yeah. that's probably what the original intention was. <clears throat> um, 
Although it really hurts the film, though. This subplot makes no fucking sense. It does. I I actually know that I actually thought the acting wasn't as bad as most people. I thought that uh, the bully actually delivered a decent performance in the emo- yeah, in, right. in the emotional state mm. towards the end, the climax of the film. I was like, wow, you know, it kind of works for me. Um, but I didn't really have a huge issue with the acting at all. Uh, I it's also funny didn't have I really, a huge... I really pointed that out in my review, didn't I? You know yeah. about how much I thought the acting really hurt the content of the film because you know we all understand that bullying and stuff is a major part of you know society now and especially with cyberbullying because everybody it's exploited so quick and everybody knows what happens the next day like how they showed in the film i, I thought that was that, okay i didn't buy that chick being a bully or yeah i just didn't hang out the, with that the, the acting kind of I, I don't know wait you didn't I, buy the chick being a nerd is what that what you're saying yeah yeah uh that chick was actually pretty hot and yeah she was she was actuality. okay looking yeah um but honestly yeah, the kid the wasn't that friend. nerdy either like the main character like Honestly, I found it to be – I always – I honestly hate like the bullying thing sometimes because to me, I look at – and when I watch a film like this, I watch how many opportunities you could have just punched dude in the face or like you're his same size. His dad – the dad even kind of comments on that. Like you fought back, didn't you, son? And he's like, whoa, no, no, you know, and I hate that, dude. I always have hated that and uh, I just wish that like – I don't know, but it is true to life though because people won't stand up for themselves. So I don't really know. Uh, the the there's like one big like kind of you know sudden change of uh, I, I guess it's, it's not a doesn't make twist. any sense. It doesn't make any what, fucking what, sense. What doesn't make sense? Are you talking about the climax moment? Yeah. I yeah. think it. Ma- I think it makes good sense. Like I thought it worked good. I don't think anybody would act like that in that situation. Well, well they are. High, the they are is, all though, coked he's out. Trying to prove, he's trying to prove a point. He's trying to prove a point because how what when they exploited the the bully and why he was a bully to um to the other character, you know he, what he does in the climax is he's just trying to prove a point that he's not gay, yeah. without spoiling the whole thing, by doing what he did, and that's what he's trying to to prove there. I mean, it's so extreme and it's such a change in in feel in the film and everything that happens right there, like it, it kind of happens all of a sudden. Comes out like, of nowhere. Yeah, it I, and, does, but I but, like that. But it if you really do think way. about it, it feels like it goes to an extreme, like in two seconds, and it's like as soon as she exactly. says it, it's like whoa. Um, and I like that. I like the very, very end of the film as well, like the last shot. One thing that I didn't like was the incestuous relationship that's going on in the film. I didn't buy it at all. I thought it was unbelievable. It did not work at all for me. And it's a, it's. Just, I, I felt like it was stupid. You know, to be they, honest. They, they they tried to connect the dots a little bit. Of course, when that comes out, you know, with the incestual relationship and stuff, and why he was reacting to, you know, being exploited and blah blah blah, and the whole thing and the climate, like things do kind of add up and connect. But it is kind of extreme. But it's so all of a sudden, it's like holy shit, you're you're getting all this this type of information and stuff all at once. You're like, I don't know, man, if it really does work properly. One thing. But, that's just the way I kind of yeah. saw it. I was like, I don't know about and this. I don't want to stay on this too long, so I'll throw out my rating. But one thing that I will say that while I was watching it, I had this kind of funny moment where the kid, you know, just got beat up. He goes up to his dad and says, you know, I want to go to school today. And his dad's like, no, 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 stay home. You're all beat up and stuff. And he's like, no, no, can you drive me to school? And I'm like, wait a minute. This guy's <laughs> in a wheelchair. How's he going to drive him to school? Uh, fortunately, they actually did show in another shot the guy getting out of one of yeah. those lift things on the van. And I was like, I was like, bravo, Wild Eye, bravo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> but uh, my rating for this film uh, is a uh, solid 5.5 out of 10. Hmm. What about you guys? I gave it a 4.5 out of 5. Out of 10. You gave it a 4.5? Yeah. Um, I, I believe I also gave it 5.5 out of 10 in my review. I think that's what I gave it, so. Like I said, man, there was just the, inappropriate the uses of music. I didn't see it at all, but I know you two did. So. I didn't really note. I didn't really notice the music a whole and lot. And I paid either. attention. I, I think I was just focusing on other things. But um, yeah, five and a half. I think that's what I gave it. So um, I don't know. There was just certain things in this film. Yeah. But anyways, if you want it, my full thoughts, just check out the review. I guess. Same like, here. So, <clears throat> but yeah, Jeremy. All right, I'll go next. So I guess I'll talk about this one, considering that it's a movie that, you know, some people have talked about of not liking, and I don't understand why they don't like it. I know, you know, Tom from the Horrors Ball, he really enjoys this movie, and I thought it was it was pretty fucking cool also. And that is the movie from Ireland called From the Dark, which was released by Dark Sky Films a few months ago. And this is a really, really interesting um, vampire film. Uh, we follow this couple, you know, generic story on this part. You know, they're driving, they're going somewhere, and um, their car breaks down. The guy goes to um, find somebody who has a phone to call for help, and he comes across this house. And um, in the beginning of the film, the first, you know, the opening shot, we see this guy digging um, digging up this hole in this ground. He comes across this grave of this vampire with this stick. He, you know, shit starts to go wrong. This guy ends up getting bit by this vampire, so that's and that's the house that the guy ends up at. And um, he notices that he's acting strange. He goes back to get his girlfriend, fiance, wife, whatever, and um, he brings her back to the house and that's where shit starts to go wrong with this vampire and it's a very interesting use between um using light and darkness because when they're in the light this you know this guy can't end up hurting the couple and then when they're in the darkness he can so it's a very interesting battle between light and darkness and trying to be in the light and not trying to be in the light and um you know, three characters throughout the entire film, and they three characters had them carrying the entire film. I thought the girl, the main girl, did a pretty good job at um, carrying the film pretty much for the entire running time. The kid, the guy, I'm not going to spoil it, but, you know, he's not that big of a deal halfway through the film. So this girl pretty much has to carry the film and um, try to survive by finding light and finding all these different light sources to survive until dawn because if she survives until dawn you know she's probably gonna be okay so you know i don't know why this movie has gotten so much shit i think it's i found it really interesting this light and dark um scheme that i really haven't seen too much in in vampire films uh especially in the film that it's dedicated to the light and darkness kind of stuff and i thought it was played in an interesting way so if you guys get a chance to pick it up i think you guys should check it out i I really really did like it i thought it was it was a cool story and a cool take on the vampire film so if you guys find it for cheap pick it up eight out of ten from from the dark i've heard so many mixed reviews on that one some people said they hated it and others that really enjoyed it it so i'm curious i'm curious yeah me as well it sounds pretty interesting uh yeah, first up here, uh, what I watched is in this past week here is uh, a film from 2009. It's a Japanese film, and it's called Samurai Princess. <laughs> of course. Um, 
this one, you know, it's basically one of those very kind of typical Japanese surreal type, ridiculous, over the top, batshit crazy films. They're samurai. Samurai yeah samurai prince exactly uh basically the setting of this film it kind of takes place like i think it's like supposed to be futuristic you know it takes place like in this alternate universe type deal um where basically like humans they live with um kind of these robots like these robots that you know whatever they're just you're not gonna call robots 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 um and you know they they exclusively live with them and stuff so basically what happens is you know some of these robots and stuff they start going batshit crazy and start fucking tearing up society they start you know massacring humans and and shit like that so basically this mad scientist he you know he obviously knows about this and he creates a samurai princess you know from basically uh, like 11 slayed girls and stuff like that he kind of puts this you know princess together and uh, she kind of you know she kind of has like all the souls of all these type war or these humans and stuff in her anyways ultimately she's like the ultimate samurai princess and what her goal is why he makes her is so she can go and slay and you know kind of protect humanity from falling you know that's like the whole deal so you know very simple kind of premise to the film but you know what you're going to get with this one is just a bunch of ridiculous batshit crazy japanese stuff i mean there's a great quote on the back of this on the back of this blu-ray which says rocket feet scissor legs and yes breast grenades <laughs> so it's kind of it's got that whole feel to it where it's just everything is ridiculous a lot of mechanical things that are going on and everything is over the top you know the gore the acting just the whole body parts and, and and there's just so much going on in this film like it's every scene is like an action scene with like so much fucking gore and blood and just funny shit that's going on um like i said it's basically just her against the world and she's just tearing up shit pretty awesome stuff the interesting thing about this movie is the way it's shot it it, it looks so surreal like i don't know if it's the transfer on blu-ray like the 1080p transfer but at times like the background almost seems like it's fake like a, is like it a, a true screen, full screen? yeah yeah but like but everything is real that they shot in like they didn't use like green screens and stuff like that but it it appears like that at times like it seems like it's fake but until they move and then i don't know if it's just a transfer on this but it's like almost so clear that it's it's kind of surreal but it really does add to the whole atmosphere and the whole premise of the film because it's so over the top and ridiculous but what a fucking blast man so much fun with this film like if you guys like, you know, films like, you know, Machine Girl and Tokyo Gore Police and, and you know, Robo Geisha and shit like that, like, you know, zombie ass, Toilet of the Dead, shit like that, you'll really enjoy this type of film because everything is over the top. But it just it's one of those films that you throw on, you have a beer and you just enjoy it, man. It's just you can't take it serious, but it's fucking fun as hell, man. Like there's so much funny shit going on in this. I was pissing myself. I have to say the Japanese are so creative with things like that, you know, like breast grenades and just the way they kill people and body parts, the usage of everything in the film, they incorporate everything. It's just, it's such a fucking blast, but I love the setting and the atmosphere of it because it just feels so damn futuristic, but surreal at the same time. It's awesome. I love it. And, and the samurai princess herself, she's gorgeous. She's fucking fantastic. Does a great job in the film. Um, not really a whole lot to say, but it. it's one of those films you just gotta have to enjoy. And I give it seven out of ten. It's it's a fucking blast. Really uh, fun film. Those those are actually probably my like least favorite kind of films in general. Uh, is like the over the top jet, like all those ones you named, like as you've named them, like like down the list from like zombie ass to machine girl and all <laughs> those. Like I, I really never get those ones that much. It's 
have you seen any of those films though? That's I've seen Zombie Ass, and I've seen like that one short in ABC's of Death. Oh yeah, well, that was the same director that did uh, did Zombie Ass. Yeah, the fart? yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I don't. Oh yeah, really fart like is fart is ridiculous. But see, I, I fucking top. I love I love when they incorporate. I don't know. I'm a big fan of these ridiculous Japanese films, man. Yeah, they are an acquired taste. I won't lie. They definitely are, but they're so much fun. And the thing I like about them is that they're they're really creative, man. Like who the fuck has who writes a script with zombies coming out of assholes and you know breast grenades and fucking farting and. <laughs> Like all their movies are so ridiculous, man. There's so much yeah. fun, but yeah, I mean, like I said, they're an acquired taste, and yeah, they're not for everybody. Yeah. Apparently, not for JP. So yeah, I mean, there's cool. there's like some stuff like that I like, but it's it's not what I go to and seek out. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so I guess back to me. Yep. Uh, the film that I'm going to talk about next is coming to us courtesy of Art Exploitation. This is from the Netherlands and it is titled Reckless. This is actually based on the disappearance of Alice Creed. I, I, from what I understand, because me and Moods have both not seen this, but I know Jeremy has seen the disappearance of Alice Creed. It's a remake, right? Correcto, shot by shot remake. Okay, so it's like a, a you know real close remake, just same film, different language, different actors type stuff. It follows two ex-cons who kidnap a millionaire's daughter and hold her for ransom, only to see their scheme go awry when she proves herself to be more cunning than expected. So, one thing I gotta say, I really was enjoying this film, and I was like, this is good stuff. And I knew a lot about The Disappearance of Alice Creed because I've heard it talked about in other reviews a few years ago. So I, I knew that I wanted to see that film for a while. So I was like, okay, well, now I'm kind of seeing that film, but from a different country or whatever. And as it was going, I was really into it. And it did a few things at the end of the film that literally dropped my rating by like one or one and a half to two points. Huh. Uh, I, was, I was really bummed at how the film played out. Um, they set up characters. Mm. Obviously, the girl is the victim. Uh, there is a lot of twists and turns in the film, and some of them... Which I really enjoyed, man. W- I did, too, because I only seen some of them coming, and um, <clears throat> I liked that about it. And even when the ones that I did see coming, I still thought were executed in a better way than I had pictured. So, you know, check, check two, check three, all good stuff there. Uh, however, once you learn a few things about some of the characters, um, it really betrays... Uh, how you're supposed to feel about the characters. And I feel like the ending that they chose because they end the film a couple different times, almost kind of doesn't make sense for what you then learn about all of the characters. And I feel like there was a better ending. And I will say the ending to another film that we may talk about the treatment, the very end of it is what I was expecting in this film. And those of you who've seen both films, which would only be Moods and Jeremy, I guess, probably can piece together the ending that I would have liked for this film, which is Reckless. Um, but overall, I, I mean, it is a good movie. I, I did definitely enjoyed it. I loved the, the uh, one of my favorite things is the very beginning when they're setting up for what happens, where they're buying duct tape and stapling things to the walls. Like that was shot really well. That's some good that stuff. Beginning. I love those setup scenes like that. Yeah. Those establishing scenes, establishing the story and what's going on. Like I lo- I'm, I'm a sucker for that stuff. I've always been a sucker for those type of scenes. Same thing with Freddie making his glove or Leatherface, you know, in chainsaw three or whatever like i love that stuff what did you guys think of this one 
Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the disappearance of Alice Creed, to be completely honest. I wasn't my favorite film. I found it boring in some points. Um, and this one being similar, you know, I had the same problems with it on that point. But what moods? You're shaking your head. No, I just I never found myself bored at all in this film. I thought yeah. it was actually really well executed for only having three characters. Yeah, in yeah, the yeah. I love film. That. And I was worried at first. I was like, okay, we're only going to see three characters. I was and like, I, okay. And I talk about but that. I found it like the way it was executed. And I think it. I, I said in my review that I actually posted today <clears throat> that they in, they incorporate the first twist about twenty almost a half an hour in the film. It That's was like, the all of a sudden you get the first one. I was like, holy fuck. I'm like, okay. And then there's another one. And then like, I, I think it was just kind of the way they, they did that. It was executed well enough to keep you kind of intrigued. Now you're like, okay, now this kind of changes directions a little bit. One and then the, there's another one. And I was like, fuck man, it's not bad. I was really entertained. Like I said, in my I, don't review, know. I think the actors in this film carried out the roles a lot better than the disappearance of Alice Creed. I thought the actors in that film was a little, a little weak but I think in this film they're they're a lot better, and I think they're more suitable for the roles, and I, I definitely see that. It was definitely cast yeah. very well. I think all three actors and you know the actress uh, did a very very good job. Like I I I the thought they looked right. Hot. They the the uh, yeah they were all the good Vincent for their roles because they were all so different. Yeah. yeah the the Vincent or whatever how was name Victor. Uh, he was intimidating, yeah. right? There's a lot of good scenes of suspense where you're, yeah. you know, that he's like this reckless maniac that'll, you know, yeah. reckless, reckless. He's, I call him the, I call him the alpha, the alpha male. Yeah, he's definitely you know, the alpha male, and yeah. he, uh, they even play on that a little bit later in the film once one, one of the other twists are revealed. But he, yeah. he definitely has like a, the, there's scenes of suspense. There's like this commanding nature about him. Uh, the girl, I feel like. Um, she has this good look to her, like in the face, actually, that fits the role very, very well. I, I don't know, you know, why that is, but I just felt like she was perfect for the type mm-hmm. of girl that they wanted. Like, and I, I don't know, like I, my main problems comes with the multiple twisted ending that I just felt like they ended it wrong. They really did end this film wrong. They ended it without the balls that I wanted them to end it with uh, based on how they set their characters up. Mm. interesting i actually stated that i really enjoyed the ending i i, I kind of like the way it went down and you know i'll tell you what i mean, I mean obvi- obvi- obviously obviously there is something there that doesn't completely add up i do agree with that but at the same time maybe it's meant to be you know kind of hidden a little bit i don't know well the problem like, we was really they the set full, up a better full... ending right before it and i was yeah. like okay you but I don't think they was ever thinking to end it like that. That's the problem. I'll tell you what I mean exactly, and it might clue you in a little bit better. Uh, my rating on this film is a 7 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think you – I don't know if you watched my review, but I, I gave the exact same review as 7 out of 10. I, ha- I didn't watch rating. the review for this one yet. Yeah, I, I posted late last night when I got home from work, so it's only been up for a few hours. But, yeah, 7 out of 10 is actually what I gave it to. What about you, Jeremy? Interesting. Six and a half out of ten. Okay, so yeah, we were relatively in the same boat. I I think I didn't mention in my review now when I think about it, but you know, I I focus more on the things that I liked, which I generally do. But for some reason, I didn't mention this. But I thought there was like a couple decisions made in the film, like kind of in the middle part that I just didn't I didn't buy for a second. And all I'll say is with a gun shell, there's a couple decisions. I loved that. (laughs) I thought it was was funny funny, though. (laughs) and, And I'll talk about it in the bathroom, and I'm just like, dude. 
it is so tiny. There's a million places yeah. to put this thing. And it was kind of bugging me how he was having – he was struggling yeah. with what to do with it. And I was but, like – and then ultimately what he did with it, I was like, well, OK, that makes sense. But at the same time, listen, you could have also done I'll something I'll tell you else right now. Here. Right now. This, is, this will get you to change your mind about that scene. When I was like 13, I was smoking in the attic of my friend's house. His mom came home. There's a million places in the attic to put a cigarette out. But I didn't know what to do with it, so I put it in my mouth and put it out in my mouth. Because you you <laughs> just panic. You dude. panic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the guy did the same exact thing as I just did. But he also did try. Like he tried a couple other things, you know. Like yeah. you know, and I'm thinking, there's a bathroom. Like, I mean, the first thing that came to my mind was the back of the toilet. No one's gonna check there. Yeah, that's all. But I, I don't think know if it like, had. Okay. I don't know if their backs are the same as ours because the flushing mechanism was on that as well. Oh, it definitely is. It definitely is. That thing just – it pops off. Okay. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. That was the one kind of major thing that was kind of bugging me at times. I was like, okay, whatever. Jeremy? But Yeah. All right. So let's see. Okay. I'll talk about another Dark Sky film release. This one starring Tony Todd and – Donnie Trejo, who both seem to be in everything. Not as much as Eric Roberts, but pretty much a <laughs> lot of shit these days. And it's called uh, Fanish. Now, this movie's pretty similar to, uh, you know, Reckless. And is that what it's called, right? Is that what the movie mm. is called? Yeah. So it's yeah. pretty similar to that film. So basically, you follow these two thugs. Let me just say this first. The entire movie takes place inside of their fan. The camera never leaves the fan until the end of the film. So it's pretty short, 74, 75 minutes. So it's uh, pretty much this entire the entire film is shot inside the fan. So I thought that was pretty interesting and a pretty interesting perspective of the movie that we never left this fan. So we follow these two thugs. Uh, they decide to kidnap this drug lord's daughter, who's played by Danny Trejo. And um, the film is basically this them driving to the ransom spot. And, um, sh- you know, as shit goes wrong along the way, you know, Tony Todd plays a police officer who pulls him over, stuff like that. So this film basically has to have good characters and good acting to be able to be pulled off because we're, um, you know, locked in with these characters inside this fan the entire time. You know, we're enclosed with them. We get to know them. We get to know everything about them. And we never get to leave this fan. So you have to have good characters to be able to pull a film like that off. I think that's the case for all these films that take place in one one setting. And I think these characters are pretty pretty enjoyable. There's one character that's kind of annoying and I wish wasn't there. But he plays a major part in the narrative. So unfortunately he has to be there. But the two the two drug, you know, the two thug drug thugs. They do a pretty good job. I think they're likable characters and their acting isn't too terrible. I think if the acting was, you know, a little bit over the top, I think it was suitable to their characters. And I think they were able to do do a good job at it. Unfortunately, I think it really doesn't go anywhere. It gets boring at sometimes, um, you know, basically because we're just listening to these characters' conversations and it's not really that interesting. You know, every once in a while, some interesting dialogue is said and things like that but besides that it's it's kind of boring and you know i I think it's a good thing that the movie's short and you know 72 73 minutes because i think anything longer than that would be pushing it i have to say there are some good effects um and um some oh pretty okay kills 
between the four characters in in the film. So I have to say that's pretty pretty cool that they didn't cheap out and go the CGI route because you could tell this movie was spent on a pretty low budget. So you know, overall this movie's okay. It's not the best one fan one place type of a movie, but I I think it does its trick. You know, I think I could only watch it once and I'll probably never watch it again. But for a one-time watch, I think it does the job all right. So I'm going to give this one just average 5 out of 10. 5 out of 10. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Moods? Your turn. All right. So uh, moving along here. Um, this one here is from 2007. It's another uh, Japanese film. Um, I, I swear to God, all I've been watching lately is is foreign films. Like, I have watched so many lately. It's crazy. Um, but anyways, uh, so yeah, this one's from 2007, and it goes by the title of, well, it's got two different titles, actually. It's been released under A Slit-Mouthed Woman or Carved. So, whatever. It's a tartan Asian extreme film. Um, I'm just going to read the the quick little IMDb, because it's, it, it's decent enough for it, so... Um, a suburban town in Japan is the victim of what is supposedly just an urban legend. A woman, a woman's spirit with a horribly disfigured face who is intent on kidnapping children for unknown reasons. Um, yeah, essentially that's exactly what it is. Um, so you do learn, you know, things in the film about, you know, the backstory as it progresses throughout the film. And, uh, you know, this film right here is actually got a really interesting atmosphere to it. Uh, and it's a fucking slow burn. That's what I'll tell you, man. It, it's a slow burn type film. You know, it's basically about this, you know, supernatural killer, you know, that is terrorizing this, this you know, apparently she terrorized a bunch of kids 30 years earlier, has come back 30 years later and to finish up some unfinished, unfinished business. You know, it's, it's one of those type storylines. It's very, very basic. Um, but I did like the film though. It's, um, you know, like I said, it's a slow burn and it's one of those type films where you're like, okay, well, why the fuck is this happening? And it finally kind of gives you it at the end of the film. Uh, so pretty decent kills. And I think, the, I think the, you know, the, the killer, the slip mouth woman looks fucking fantastic. I love the look and, you know, it's very, very Asian though. You know, it's like, it's got that, uh, you know, she's got that look with the, um, the surgical mask across her face, of course, hiding, you know, the, the, the scars of her face and stuff like that. But her weapon is this huge set of fucking scissors. It's fucking badass. But the thing I like about this film, it's kind of relentless in itself because, you know, basically what she does is she kills kids. She kills kids. So there's a lot of kids that are gets that get abducted and slaughtered in this film. Uh, I mean, not a whole pile, but, you know, that's the whole premise. She kills kids. And I, I, I think that's brutal. Right up to you know, his Yeah, I think that's really brutal, it actually. Is. And, you know, going back to it, like I said, it's a slow burn. And, and at times you're like, hey, what the fuck? And there is a little bit of slow moments that are actually not that interesting in the film. Um, and there's a lot of characters, too, because, you know, what she's doing is she's basically abducting kids. And, and so she's taking from all these different type families. And, you know, there's a lot of different characters and stuff. So you kind of lose interest a little bit. You kind of just want to get to the, you know, the fucking grunt of it, you know. But overall, it's actually a pretty decent film. I enjoyed it, man. I mean, if you'd like your Asian, you know, especially supernatural type films, this one is decent. I think it does have a little bit of plot holes at times. And it does kind of run a little slow at times. But definitely has enough going on it to keep you interested but the atmosphere is really what kind of sells this film it really does feel cool it feels like a really cool film um but you know i feel at the end of it i felt it was kind of predictable at times like why she was back 30 years 30 years later to you know 
start killing kids off again and stuff like that. I think it was a little predictable and it kind of ruined it for me a little bit because I was really kind of called it, but not a bad film. Uh, I do recommend it. I give it about a six and a half out of 10. There's not really a whole lot to say about it. It's just one you got to check out. So not bad. Yeah. Alrighty. So uh, I guess we're going into segments. I guess I'm starting segments first. Yeah. Keep it in the rotation. So this segment, I guess I'm going to do a Horror 101, which for those of you just joining us now for the first time, that is where I talk about a horror documentary, uh, either on a film or, you know, something scary or horrific. Uh, This time it is actually kind of a behind the scenes. It's Corpse Fucking Art from 1987 by our homie Jorg Bergerite. Uh, so this is actually a bonus feature on the film we're going to be talking about later, but this was actually a like release back in the day. This was a VHS release in, I don't think it was in America. Um, but you know, there, there was a VHS release of this. It it was, uh, it's, it is listed in his IMDb filmography as well. Uh, it's a documentary on the two necromantic films as well as their toad skin, uh, kind of the, uh, behind the scenes style. Uh, I know that Jeremy did get a chance to check this out as well. It's, you know, literally just him talking about the film and you see footage from behind the scenes. But it is very interesting. Like in the original Necromantic, when she's sucking on that, he's sucking on that eyeball. That That's a real eyeball. That's a pig's eyeball. Yeah, it was a fucking pig's eyeball. That yeah. is disgusting. That that really kind of I love how many times they, man. I love how many times they shot that too. It's like, and then he even goes into it about he's like, man, that thing was like three weeks old at yes, the time, and yeah. it was all chemical filled. And he's like, yeah, it probably didn't taste very good. And he's in his German accent. I fucking bursted out laughing, man. <laughs> like, that's disgusting. Oh my god, like so gross, man. Yeah. Ew. So did you check this documentary out as well? Yeah, I did, man. I watched yeah. actually I watched the the movie last night and I watched the documentary right after and I was like, oh fuck. Yeah, I it's mean it's funny, just man. cool to kind of see like uh some I mean this is like I mentioned the Jeremy, this is a behind the scenes before behind the scenes were like a thing, you know, and a run of the yeah. normal thing. So it's cool to see something from eighty seven that was behind the scenes on his films. Um, you know, any other you know, notable moments from behind the behind the scenes from you guys? Uh, just the, uh, the, you know, the rotten body that they used in, in the yeah. Totus King or the Death King or whatever, just how they were explaining how they did it and stuff. It's fucking nasty. It it's amazing awesome. too. It, it looks, looks so awesome. good the way they did it. Like, like honestly, and I was kind of confused actually when, when I was watching this, this documentary, cause it was shot in 87 and they're talking about like the Totus King and, Necromantic and, uh, two, Necromantic which, 2, in, which like, came 90. out years. Yeah. Which came out years. So they, he filmed all these like prior, Yeah, you know, yeah. it's kind of weird. And they came out so much later in time and i thought that was kind of interesting so i was a little confused at first but i thought it was a really interesting kind of voiceover they were just showing clips and they're just it's basically like a commentary yeah well um, i think that that maybe the 80 the adr was done later or something because uh he's speaking english yeah true is it english or is it subtitled i can't even remember no, it's English. Okay. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, not much to say about it, but it was a cool little thing that if you pick up their Toad King, definitely uh, give it a watch. It's a cool special feature. I give it about a 5.5 out of 10 simply because it is just a, an old making of. It's not super impressive, but definitely a nice little cool thing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Guys care to rate it? Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Um, yeah, me neither. I'll give it 5 out of 10. 
That seems. I'd probably give it a six out of. I give it a six. I actually really enjoyed the, the kind of like the outtakes of when they were shooting the end scene for Necromantic, (laughs) when Buddy started (laughs) fucking laughing. I was like, and actually, I really enjoyed watching the. um, Well, actually, the end scene that they showed the clips of, uh, you know, dude at the end of uh, Necromantic Two. Man, those effects, man, for you know, basically five dollar effects were pretty fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty damn good, and I just I, I I got a lot of enjoyment. I was actually laughing pretty hard when I was watching when the guy's jumping on the bed and he keeps stabbing them and stuff. They're just fucking around. They're filming everything, right? Like all yeah. these outtakes. I thought it was pretty entertaining. So, yeah, good stuff, Jeremy. Good stuff. All right, let's get on to it. I'm going to be doing a pick of the week this week. Um, I'm going to do a, re- a movie that I did a written review over on the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror website uh, a week ago. And it is another art exploitation film. This one goes by the name of The Treatment. Now, as I said in my review, after watching Horsehead, you know, I couldn't really think to myself how a movie released by art exploitation could get any better because I really, really enjoyed that film. And uh, when I finally finished this one, I was quite surprised with it because I, I absolutely fucking love this movie. Um, you know, most people, when they read the description, they probably think that it would be a, you know, typical crime drama, but. Um, as the front says, a chilling criminal masterpiece. That that quote is actually pretty accurate because the film is really, really disturbing, really fucked up as we get into what's actually going on. So the movie is from Belgium, you know, a country that really doesn't talk about that often um, outside of the of the horror community. Like I said in my review, you know, only a couple of films in the last you know fifteen years that come out of Belgium that you know we love and we talk about. Calvary is Calvary, Left Bank, and Amir. You know, those are the three that you know we've pretty much talked about on on the show. Yeah. So, in the film, we follow this detective named Nick. He gets assigned to this case that um, of a man and a woman, a wife and a husband, who get uh, chained to this uh, this heater, one upstairs and one downstairs, and their child gets taken away from them, and it's this detective's job to find out what happened to this child and um there's a subplot with his brother who happened to have the same kind of experience he was taken when he was little and he never knew what really happened to his brother and he's still um horrified by the offense that his brother got kidnapped and he was never found and there's a that's i think that subplot is really really well done yep. and it's and it's because it's not just there we get substance and it's it's wrapped around the narrative in a very interesting and beautifully way that it's not just thrown in. It, it has a purpose. And a lot of subplots in movies usually don't have a purpose, like we talked about in All-American Bully. But this one actually means something, and it contributes to the narrative. And it's it's really, really well done. And I think it adds a, a level of depthness to Nick's character that I think um, it, it should be there. And it's, it's really, really good. One of the uh, key things that you mentioned there was the subplot work well i think one of the key 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 reasons that this film is so successful is that there are a lot of subplots happening that all come together in this cohesive way that Mm -hmm. that works perfect because it like there's scenes where uh you there's like shots where you'll follow this one subplot it'll immediately go to the next one and then to the third one in like a quick order it's like an update it's like updating you on what's going on in each subplot and that was done really, really well. Um, d- dude, 
I, I mean, the the subject matter alone, I was like very surprised at how because at first you you're dealing with pedophiles, right? Which yeah. is already bad enough. But then when they go into detail, mm-hmm. and some scenes were even borderline looked illegal. Yeah, <laughs> in America at least. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that was a that was a little shocking for me. And I like that the film is not only about a single, but it doesn't case. hold back though. It has it has a fucked up narrative but it doesn't hold back because of you know of you know uh censorship you know i I should look into more of the censorship laws in belgium because i'd be curious to see what they are but you could tell that um us here in america unfortunately because of you know censorship and mainstream cinema that we often don't get films this effective because they don't show Especially us what we need to see. Dealing with pedophilia, exactly. That's a big one here. But this one actually has the balls to show us what's actually going on, and I think that's another reason why it's so effective. And because where they and it gets show us skin, they show us. They just don't tell us. They actually show us. Yeah. And it's it's really really fucked up when we learn what's actually going on. You're dealing and, with a network of pedophiles, which I yeah. thought was an interesting way to kind of do it because i thought at first it was just going to be about that one case but mm-hmm. then you find out it's bigger than that moods you want to say something no uh, i just need to watch it i was going to watch it last night oh you didn't I see it up, no i ended up watching uh well the totus king and the documentary and stuff so i spent two and a half hours on that yeah so. and this is another uh, like two plus hours yeah exactly but like so. i said in my review it doesn't feel like two and a half hours you know because i think the narrative is is done in a way that's really interesting and the acting like i said in my review is absolutely fantastic like even though there's all these subplots and all these characters you know it's not terrible acting by any of them and you believe them and you feel their pain and their suffering or their or their um you know their mental states and things like that and even characters that we see in only a single scene i feel like they're still um above average acting oh the acting's fantastic in this film it's just really really good nick the the actor who plays nick is is fucking amazing yes he's he's really really good this film reminded me a lot of the secret in their eyes that one that brandon sent me not the same subject matter but it's a gritty crime drama that is just as well done in terms of like uh technical like acting and you know camera work and stuff like that so you guys need to hop on that and check that one out as well because it's kind of similar um but yeah i mean i'm with you jeremy this one i i i think that what you said mainly is like it had the balls to not just tell us what's going on but to show us that's Mm -hmm. that's a good thing that you said there because it is true it's it's never gets like exploitive but it it definitely gets to an uncomfortable level especially when you start seeing um like 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 the scene in the tree yeah that was shot so good dude the dogs are jumping around and then the camera like pans up it's so that that scene you know what's funny it's actually the dvd menu is that scene um because it's it's so well shot and that's how i noticed you know the in great detail how how well shot it is but um you know, some of the scenes where you're dealing with the VHS tapes, like, I, I was kind of, like, a little, I was getting nervous. I was like, I don't want to see all this, you know? Um, and, you know, the effect of him watching it was done really well, too. I, I mean, I'm, we could go into it for a long time, but I think we could just wrap it up since Moods hasn't seen it. Uh, what did you rate that? 10 out of 10, man. It's fan-fucking-tastic. Watch it. It's amazing. Yeah, you know, um, 
there is a f- I did have some negatives, but I'm not even going to say them right now. Uh, mainly dealing with uh, like convenience of the of of certain events. Mm. Um, they use can, they rely on convenience a lot to tell the story um, in certain points. Um, so you know that 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 was a little bit of a negative, but I give it about an eight point five out of ten. Yeah, it's such a big difference between eight and a half and ten. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. It could still it's make the Hall of Fame technically. Technically, well, I guess I'll be the the decider on that. Quite literally, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so moving along. Uh, this one right here is from shit, man. I don't even know what year it was. Two thousand and. 2008, and this is a film from Spain, so continue along with the uh, the foreign films. I don't think I've watched any American film recently. Um, anyways, this one is called Shiver, uh, of course, from Spain. Uh, it's a film that um, I haven't really heard a lot of people talk about, except for a couple, and they highly recommended it to me, so I was very, very curious on this one. Um, I was actually reading the IMDb uh, story or the description for it. It actually does sum it up pretty well. So let's read it. Santi, a young high school student with a serious physical reaction to sunlight, is forced by his health to move with a single mother to a shadowy, isolated village in the mountains of Spain, where the inhabitants begin to, to reveal themselves as strangely xenophobic. Uh, when terrible, violent events begin to occur, Santi becomes the first pair at school, and then. Uh, strongly suspected by the police of hideous murders. Santi himself, however, wonders if he's going to be the next victim. So, yeah, so basically it's about, you know, a mom and her, a single mom and her, and her, uh, and her son. He's got this really fucked up skin kind of disease where he, he's allergic to the sun. So they're forced to move out of the city into this small little, uh, into this isolated village type deal. And, uh, and on that note, I will say <clears throat> they shot this movie amazing. They shot every single day when it was super fucking cloudy and gloomy out. It really does capture an amazing atmosphere. It seems so fucking gloomy and just downright no sun. They did a fantastic job with this. I think the movie is executed quite well. The story kind of moves itself along and you start to learn things about the house that they're living in and why these murders are happening. And of course, like I said, you know, Santi is obviously the the prime suspect because every murder that happens in this small little town, he seems to be there for it. It's, you know, very kind of typical, but you know, and now it's just like he's trying to defend himself and go, you know, I had nothing to do with this shit. And then you start to learn things about the house that he lives in and more about the people in the city. Uh, if you don't know what a xenophobic is, it's basically, you know, people that are um, they're kind of like prejudice against other people from or like outsiders, you know, people from different cities or countries or something like that. So pretty much everybody in this film is just, you know, not accepting them because they're from the city. And, you know, they don't accept outsiders at all. So you kind of have that kind of going on. Um, it's really, really driven by atmosphere. And, you know, it's fucking awesome. And the nighttime scenes in this are shot so well. And it's got a really interesting type, you know, finale to it, too. You know, what kind of happens. And, and obviously, I'm not going to give away. But I really highly recommend this film. And it was fantastic. Really great Spanish film. I thought the acting was strong. 
uh, there's this one scene where this dude comes in. I'm, I'm, I won't really get into it too much, but there's a scene where this guy fucking freaks out with the sheep and he brings in like, it's like a fucking real dead sheep too. And just throws it on the counter in this store and just fucking freaks out. I was like, it's just a fantastic scene because it's really well executed, but. Um, yeah, without giving anything away, it's one of those films you can't really say a whole lot about. You don't want to give anything away, but I highly recommend this movie called Shiver. Great Spanish film. Um, yeah, uh, I give it about an eight and a half out of ten. So definitely check out this one. It's fucking awesome. Really good shit. If you yeah. like atmospheric films and, you know, like I said, I'm not going to give anything away about what happens, but it's good. It's good. A friend at work actually told me to watch this who is not even a horror fan, so... That's interesting. Yeah, and this was also released by Dark Sky Films. Yeah. If you guys are wondering. So um great film, man. Great Spanish stuff. Yeah. Loving the Spanish stuff right now. So that is gonna do it for what we watched this week. And yeah, moving along into the uh the featured review for the week, and it of course is the Death King, also known as the Totus King from what is it, nineteen ninety? That's when we came out in? Nineteen ninety came out yep. in. 1990, yeah. So it officially came out in 1990. I don't um, know a ton of films that came out in 90. It's like kind of a weird, 90, you know, horror films. 90 was a strange year. 91 was actually not bad. There's some good yeah. films in 91. But of course, this is directed by George. Shit, dude. Yeah, Burkerite. Yeah. Um, of course, yeah. You know, famous for Necromantic 1 and 2. So does this one hold up? <laughs> You know, compared to well, Necromancer I 1 and 2. Think... Now, this, this movie is interesting because it's completely kind of different. different. I mean, totally different. you know, it's a different structure. This one, basically, the premise of the film well, I, is... I want to know why it's part of the corpse fucking trilogy. But... Yeah. Corpse yeah. Um, anyways, the premise of this film, is it, the movie deals about suicide. It all deals about suicide. And basically... It's uh, seven shorts dealing with each day of the week. So there's seven different short stories based on, like I said, every day of the week dealing with suicide. So that's what it is. <sighs> so hold on. I, first, you know, because you asked a question if it holds up from the other necromantic from the necromantic film. So I think that Jeremy made a comment saying that this is his best film that we've covered. So I think we should kick it to Jeremy to tell us. I didn't say that. I said I heard that it's his best film. Oh, so you don't think it's his best film? Uh, I think there's some parts that are really dry and boring. Is, did you but think, I think it was his best film or not? No. No, okay. No, never mind. All right, so yeah, that's the premise of the film right there. Um, so, well, let's get right into it here. Um, I don't know. We'll, I, do you guys just want to do it by the days of the week? Just talk about the shorts yeah, and then yeah, that's overall really feels. Right? So, so the first short obviously starts on Monday, and it's basically about a guy that uh, well, fish. all the shorts are dealing with suicide. So this guy right here is in his apartment, and he oddly quits his job by phone. He phones yeah. in and says, "Hey, man, you know I'm I'm want to take my vacation." <laughs> Called into his job, <laughs> so he calls into work. So he calls into work. And he quits his job, like oddly enough, and asks for his time off and blah blah blah. Yeah, I mean yeah, it's a slow scene. We're really watching him methodically go through it's the process exactly. before his suicide. It, I compare I compared to Italian Euros. Italian yeah, are realistic. It's not I as good. Know, not as good. Not even close. But it isn't, man. You know, I, I will say right off the top here. I mean, I feel like a lot of these shorts are almost being 
over artsy for the sake of being artsy. Like there's times in these things where I'm just like, oh my god. Right. Like there's a huge panoramic shot in this in this short that lasts like 45 seconds. I swear to God, it felt like 45 seconds. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I actually like that shot though. No, it's good, but it's just so fucking long. Yeah. But again, the music well, in the, in, I, the in the film and the music is really good in all the shorts. Like he does such a good job with that, but. I don't know, man. Well, I, listen, the shorts are I, almost too short for my sakes. What I think this one's point was, the point was to show the viewer that when somebody is about to commit suicide, they really take in and take their time with everything leading up to it, and it's supposed exactly. to give you that feeling of of exactly. just watching the slowness and the build up. So I think mm. that one actually works for what it was trying to say. Um, so well, I did like Monday. Yeah. I was trying to figure yeah. out what the fish metaphor is. I'm still thinking about it. There's got to be some metaphor for the fucking fish. It's just, I think what it is is just a, uh, like a parallel to... No, it is that. a parallel with the, with the way he dies or the way he kills himself in uh-huh. the film. Yeah, it's just... I think that's exactly what it was. It was just a parallel. It's just it an artsy a, way of showing a parallel to yeah. to his death. Um, yeah. uh, But I like I like the actual suicide. I thought, but that, it makes sense. It makes sense because you know it's it's so elegant and you know how he takes his time and stuff. And then of course the way he does it, it does make a lot of sense. Yeah, right. It's very kind of you know. It's a it, personal you know, thing to kill yourself, and this this segment shows it. Mm-hmm. How yeah, he I didn't folds mind. his underwear and his clothes as he takes them off, puts them on the toilet seat. Like I I kind of got this one more than most of them. Mm-hmm. Well, this one made a lot of sense because, like, actually, that's a good point that you made. You know, him folding oh, up his and clothes Mondays and being very melodic and clean about and... things. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, no, it's because you know the way he is. He's being very kind of precise and clean about things, and then that's parallel and you know to how he kills himself. Yeah. So I definitely you know, it got goes this. hand. It goes hand in hand because the reason why people kill themselves this way is not to make a mess. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. This all is why sense. women do this all the time. <laughs> Would you say because women? they don't. No, it is. You look at the facts. It's like ninety percent of people that women commit if, that commit suicide by this way do it for that reason because hmm. they don't want to make a mess. And okay, but sense. Anyways, so that it makes a lot of sense in that short. I thought it was actually one of the better ones too, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so moving along into Tuesday, but before we get into Tuesday, I just want to say, uh, in between like all these shorts, he actually the director obviously puts these um, not obviously, but he puts these kind of like interludes in there, and it's basically a corpse that is rotting, and in between each short, there's a progression of rotting with this corpse, which is you know kind of makes sense to the. Yeah, the structure of the film. I felt like they didn't show it as much as they did towards the end. Like, like I can't even remember. Like, it was just a brief split second early on. Yeah, exactly. The reason behind that, it probably Mm -hmm. is. He probably maybe because there isn't much to show at the beginning. Yeah, maybe there isn't much to show at the beginning. The uh, decomposition, you know, and towards the end, it just goes rampant, right? Mm -hmm. So, getting into Tuesday, talk about Tuesday. I love the video store. Yeah, that I, I knew everybody. Man, it was pretty awesome. I mean, I seen I, there was something that I seen in the, on the all oh, oh, Mother's Day, the trauma one. Yeah. <laughs> I love how he's like promoting his own movie. Yeah, there's like necromantic, necromantic on each shelf. Every yeah. shelf necromantic sitting there, and the, and the poster necromantic poster. Yeah, yeah. right. Oh, shameless, up, up shameless promotion. See, I thought he was gonna like pick it up and like put it back in like the in the middle of the frame. I was hoping he was gonna pick it up and be like, ha. <laughs> 
trash or something like that. You know? um, yeah, but you got to remember Germans don't have a sense of humor, right? That would never happen. <laughs> Jesus uh, so, you know, he go, there's a man who goes to a video store where he rents a video from the video store. But, you know, he's he's taking his time going through the aisle at first. And that's a good scene for all of us fans out, out there, you know, seeing the different releases on there. You know, you could spot there was some like Texas actual popular releases like popular well, there, were, there was tons of good ones in there actually yeah. yeah um so he ends up grabbing this one with a nazi busty one was that elsa it was an ilsa cover which is kind of like it, it's interesting too because the actual ilsa films are banned in germany so yeah. he used the cover uh-huh. of one and then of course the film that they show is something that yeah. they made but yeah. it was kind of like a fuck you to the german censors like hey you know, we're yeah. gonna watch this Ilsa film, right? That's I, I kind of enjoyed that. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I like that too. I I had a feeling there was a reason for that if it was Elsa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically, in the he takes it home, and I, for some reason, I just love the the grittiness of Jorg's uh, sets. Like it's a shitty apartment with like cigarette yeah. ashes, mm-hmm. and and I I just like the gritty. Even the VHS, yeah. Even the VCRs, three and yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of those top loaded ones. Yeah, that's badass. Um, so as he's sitting there, he's watching the film, and it's a Nazi soldier torturing a prisoner in a concentration camp. Um, no, it's not a concentration camp. It's not. It's it's just a homage to the Elsa it, films, is what yeah. it is. It's just no. well, it, on Wikipedia well, it, it says it's a concentration camp. It, it's kind of it's one of those Nazi camps that do tests. It's not a concentration camp. They just it's one of their test sites. Is You're what it arguing is. with my kind. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. So they're this basically is on Wikipedia. Yeah, I'm fucking with you. All right. Uh, so yeah, the guy gets his dick cut off. Is what happens actually. And you see it. Yeah, which is actually the good. director himself in that scene. Yeah, old good old Yorg. Yeah. Cutting off dicks, dude. That's fucking nasty. That part, dude. Like he was <laughs> viciously done, dude. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> it looks so fucking gross. Now th- uh, this one you can capture pretty well, man. Is that just that feeling of? Yeah. I had a feeling that was a scene that you probably gagged at or Oh fuck, it was nasty. Yeah. So one of the things that was misleading about this film to me is I've always heard it being described as a film that documents seven days of suicide, but it's not. It's not all suicide, right? What do you mean? Um There's no suicide in Tuesday. Yeah, the guy hangs himself. Yeah, he oh. does. Oh, that was him. Okay. <laughs> I, I, th- I was wondering what the hell that was. I was like, oh, so... He shot uh, his girl and I, then he hung himself. See, these, uh, are, okay, these are really hard that. to talk about. That was my fault. These are really hard to talk about because, yeah, after he does what he does to his girlfriend, yeah, you see a very clip, uh, yeah. quick clip of his feet hanging. Um, but I have to say, man, actually this short had one of my favorite scenes in the entire film in it. When I'll, I'll just say a picture frame. Yeah. Yeah. Well, honestly, I, I was like, feel oh like God, the effect so awesome. of this film is ruined by spoilers whatsoever. But we will try to maintain a little bit of spoiler free, but it will be hard. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'll just say that. Yeah, that was frame. a good scene. That was very it artsy fucking, as well. I was like, oh, I dude, that's it. good, man. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> yeah. Totally artsy. Yeah. Okay. Um. So Wednesday, huh? Is this the bridge yeah. one? No. Is that Thursday? Uh, no. 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 This is. In Wednesday, basically, it's very, very oh, basic. It's about okay. a guy that sits down on a park bench and you yeah. sit next to a, a girl. It's pissing down rain. She's got an umbrella over her. And he just starts telling his fucking life story Forced about him. how him and his wife are not getting along and how he's, you know, he doesn't understand and blah, blah, blah. And it just keeps going on and on and on. 
and then it ends. Yeah. <laughs> she's so. bleeding from the fad. She can't understand why. Yeah, it's yeah he's, you know, he has sex with her and she's bleeding through her vagina. And, you know, there's everything is going on with this guy. And, and he's, of course, sitting there and he's just getting pissed on, you know, which is obviously <laughs> just a, you know, it's foreshadowing to yeah. he doesn't give a fuck and what he's going to do. Right. He's just like, yeah. So, um, I thought this one was kind of entertaining, but at the same time, I'm just like, you know exactly what's yeah. going to happen. Right, it's so predictable, and it's it is oddly enough, it's very dry. It's like white coast. <laughs> very. Dry. He's getting fucking. He's like completely soaked in the episode or in the short, but it's dry. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I was kind of like. So we see the eh. girl hand him the gun, right? Is that saying yeah. something? Is that supposed to say how like our fellow man won't do anything to help us, but only push us further? Look at you, yeah, JP, a- analyzing films. Well, well I mean, you have to with this guy's films because he's everything is calculated. Like he's sometimes it's overly artsy, and those are the easier ones to tell. But I feel like everything he's doing is has he said yeah. something. No, no, no. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. You know, or or it could just be saying that you know Germans are very easily annoyed and they're just like, quick to give you <laughs> shoot yourself in the head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't really care for this one too much as either. Like, uh, I yeah, I, I was I was losing interest very very quick in this one too. I didn't really care for it either, to be honest. But yeah. so as um, all yeah, it disappoints. Yeah, and then you know, and then of course it gets into another interlude with uh, the rotting corpse, and this is where it really starts to escalate. Oh, in my okay. opinion, you, it looks you see, it like the corpse looks amazing. Yeah, it looks really yeah. fucking good. It, it fucking looks. Did so you ever good, think at least once like this could be a real body like decomposing, like? Totally. I, I, I was like, like well, I, I'm sure it's illegal, but there's probably some way to do it. <laughs> well, in the corpse fucking art, he even he even shows like he's talking about when the eyeball falls out, and he's like, hey, hey there it is, watch for it, watch for it, and then the eyeball <laughs> falls out. It's like, like, yeah. fucking crazy how they did that, man. It's pretty cool, but yeah. So the the corpse starts to you know escalate in its uh, decomposition, and, and then we months. get into Thursday. And Thursday, in my opinion, is um, it's very very George. Uh, being artsy, you know, and he, I have to say, man, the way he shot this was amazing. I thought it was really, really shot well. And, you know, it's effective if you kind of overthink it. You know, obviously, the running of the credits during the short are obviously the victims. It took me a while. To I was like waiting for like the short to start and I was like, okay. Yeah. Okay. So he's basically, yeah, the like, credits yeah. are basically obituaries is what he's doing and it's it's basically what it is it's it's a shot it's a camera shot that's running along a bridge and Mm -hmm. as our credits are rolling and it's basically just telling you that all these people jump to their death yeah Yeah, different ages 74 16 it like it's i I, now if it was real if this bridge is a real place that is known as the death bridge or whatever there are bridges like that throughout all of the all of the world that are famous for suicides um, I find that to be incredibly interesting and just something cool, but it is a short film. It's not supposed to be in a short film movie. Like that's something that you would put on YouTube or something like that, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. but of course yeah. there was no YouTube I, I, back then, so can't hate that's it too the thing. much. That's the thing, man. Like I, I thought it was really well kind of done and, and very, you know, kind of interesting too. Like, but at the same time, it was just, it was overly artsy and it kind of really slows the pace of the film down like yeah. big time. I didn't really think it added a lot to it. I mean, that on its own is, is really interesting. Well, I think the one thing that it does help with is you're dealing with seven days and you want to show a suicide in different ways, right? 
So this yeah. is a, this is kind of a cool way to show suicide. It's not exactly. graphic. It's an artsy it's way. It's a very artsy way. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I, I kind say, of like it. It's definitely the best shot short oh, in yeah. the yeah. fucking entire <laughs> – it's amazing what how he did that underneath that bridge and stuff. It's actually kind of cool. Yeah, I was thinking so, like as it was tracking over the bridge. Yeah, there's a tracking shot of like uh, he's like between the pillars of the bridge. Yeah, mm-hmm. tracking yeah, left, I, I, and I was like, I was thinking, well, how did he do that? He obviously didn't have enough money for a fucking crane. Like a crane shot. So yeah. he had to fucking somehow use like a selfie stick i would think or something yeah i was just like, thinking that like somebody was i i just think i, that I they wish they had to talk about that on there mm-hmm. <laughs> on the you know the on the documentary i wish they had to actually talked about Didn't that they talk about it though they use like the clotheslines i thought did they talk about they put the camera on those on those like clotheslines and it like went... oh maybe that's <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe they did yeah but yeah, I mean, it was still really well done. But yeah. you know, for the for the you know, right in the middle of the fucking do, movie too, it's like maybe maybe that would damn. be a good opening credits. Like exactly, Monday, right? That would have been good actually. That would have been good for Monday actually. Yeah, that but actually then makes you fear of like tuning everybody like out right away. Short. It literally feels like the opening credits to a short, or the and closing then we get into another, or the closing credits. I think exactly. closing might and then, work better. And then we get into another interlude with the rotting corpse. <laughs> it yeah. just like cuts right into it. And you're like, okay. So that's Thursday moving along until Friday, which I'm not going to lie. I hated this one. It's the weakest out of all, yeah. including I the one where you just see man. credits. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought these back to back was really, really bringing down this whole shit for me, man. It and it's like, and this one's actually might even be the longest one or something. I don't know, man. This one felt fucking so long. It, it didn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. And the thing that pissed me off about this short is that basically it's this, this lady. She sees this couple having or making love in this window. It's supposed to be her. Then, oh, okay. Yeah. And then it kind of cuts back to her. And then I don't know, man. This one didn't really. She gets a chain letter that's urging she, her to she, kill herself. But exactly. she doesn't. And she eats a bunch of chocolate, falls asleep, and she's dreaming of her parents when they make love. Yeah. Exactly. And then she, yeah, it's kind of like stupid what happened to her back in the time. And then it all of a sudden cuts to the couple that was making love in the window and they are dead in their bed. I don't get this one. And I was like, and I actually kind of like, what the fuck? I'm like, he didn't show this. I'm like, why did they fucking, because it doesn't make any sense, man. They're, Unless and you must think it's letter, important because it's on and the they were supposed, cover. Well, unless they were supposed to have the letter themselves, but they were obviously having a good time making love. You don't just go and kill yourself after you fuck. And especially where they were bleeding. They're bleeding from their stomachs, too. And I was like, I don't fucking get this at all, man. It didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, so, I, I would like Georgia to explain that one or Yorg. Yeah, I, I just thought it was a complete mess. And if he has like a meaning, kind of thrown together. I'm sure he does, it was, it was not displayed or conveyed well. Exactly. I mean, for the three of us not to understand like a short, I don't get it, man. I don't know. But that one I felt was just completely rubbish and kind of really brought down, you know, Thursday, Friday, and then moving into Saturday. What do you guys think of Saturday? Well, a young woman equips herself with a camera, goes POV first person shooter style, enters a rock concert and kills people until, well, I guess I'll leave it at that. If only this was made when Colorado happened. Honestly, yeah. I, I thought this was pretty was cool. I mean, I thought it, it's this ahead had of better its time. ideas. Yeah. I thought it had better ideas than it was executed, though. I did like the very last shot of it, how they 
Yeah. Well, I won't. I won't ruin that. I know but what you mean. I, I did like the very, very last shot. But I think the coolest part of the short is actually her attaching that, you know, the camera harness to like her. <laughs> I thought yeah. I was intrigued as shit. That was by that. I was like, fucking cool, man. <laughs> That's how they shot the scene. In fucking Goodfellas when they're walking through the restaurant. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's fantastic. I just like seeing that though because she was yeah. oddly filming herself doing that. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, what do you guys think this one means? Is this like a knock on violence in in film, and it's kind of like quite literal? Like yeah. Where I think. Uh, people blame films for violence. Well, this is like like violence being done for the set. Like you know, you know. I think it's something that's pretty like much. That. Yeah, that's what that's I got. Pretty much it. what I gathered from that too. Yeah. It had a lot to do with film because why are you gonna fucking attach a camera to you? Yeah, it's like go film is random. quite because there's no the connection reason that she's causing violence in that. Exactly, point. It's, and, it's it's violence for the sake of violence, and because like I mean, can. really, she doesn't. We're not showing that she has any connection to that band member that she shoots or the audience members either, right? Yeah, it's no. random. So it's total Colorado. So it is stuff. random. So it's 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 for the sake of fucking and killing the, people, like. So, yeah, you know how it goes, man. I think that's what I gathered from it, but yeah, I, I like that one. I, I I thought that one was cool. It, I thought it was. I thought it was okay. I was expecting right from the start of it. I was expecting a lot more, and then it, it actually kind of let me down, dude. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, uh, I don't know. I like the idea. Though. I thought it was okay. Yeah. And then, of course, we get into more some more interludes with Rodney Corpse, and now it's just like full born, fucking disgusting and awesome, and you know. Honestly, yeah, this, pretty this damn point cool. It's like nasty. Yeah, this is it's like getting where it's real getting fucking nasty. Fucking, it, it start like, I, I honestly like I don't know what a corpse looks like when it rots, but this looks pretty good to me. Um, yeah. you know when it starts cracking and you know the flesh starts separating, and then like even in the stomach area where all the organs are, and you see it mm. like l- the level of it decreases over time because all the bugs eating it and shit. That's cool, mm-hmm. man. That's cool mm-hmm. and gross. So then we move along into Sunday, which I'm not going to lie. I fucking hated the short. I thought it was absolutely terrible. Might even be the worst one in the, uh, <laughs> the seven shorts. Friday. I think I think this one is both better than Friday. Yeah, just Friday. Yeah. Maybe even I don't Wednesday. Know. I, I hated the short. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was, oh, it was awful to me. I don't know, man. It's some dude in a bed. He's wigging out, and then he starts slamming his head on a wall. Yeah. And that's pretty much what we get from well, it i think what it's supposed to mean is he he bashes his head against the wall until he goes brain dead he's not dead but it's another form of suicide by completely cutting off your brain mm-hmm. because that's what yeah that's what's living I underst- about you not your body i understand i understand what it what it's doing but i just I, I don't know. I didn't fucking like it. I at thought all. it was okay to end it because it is like I, I think the point of this is to show these different forms of of killing yourself, and I thought that it was an interesting outside the box way of thinking about it. Like once your brain dies, like your brain dead, you have no thought. You're pretty much mm-hmm. committed suicide. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it was it, honestly, it's literally not that. really. You're watching a guy hit his head yeah. off the wall. Yeah. yeah, there's not really a whole lot to say about Sunday, but. Um, I don't know. What like what are your guys' overall f- thoughts on on the film as a whole? For me, I feel at times it's being overly artsy for the sake of being artsy at times like and it I just found it kind of tedious and and at times boring for a film that runs 75 minutes. 
you know, there was some really good ideas and I just wanted to explore a little more. But there's things like Sunday and and Friday and, you know, you know, as well done as, you know, the Thursday was, it doesn't really belong, in my opinion, yeah, or, like the way it was. It kind of it kind of ruins the structure and the and the overall kind of progression and the feel of the film because it, it's just like this. Yeah. There's nothing there, you know, and it's really hard and, you know, to kind of take in fully. But, you know, I you know, I do like the ideas in the film and that's the thing. And I, I really don't want to bash it too much or anything, but as an overall product, I think honestly, the best shit going on is the decomposing body Monday and Tuesday and the body yeah. and the body. Yeah. You know, I think the body to me was the most entertaining thing in the entire thing <laughs> in the movie, man. And I'm not going to lie, man. I, I, that's what I felt mm-hmm. after I was done. I kind of sat there for a few minutes. And I thought about it and wrote down some thoughts and, and then I was like, okay, and then I thought about it, and I was like, man, honestly, that's what I liked about it. And then I watched the documentary and, and, and honestly liked it more. Liked it way more. Well, I'll <laughs> so. actually uh, – Jeremy, if you want to give your final thoughts, then I'll give my final thoughts and kick off the ratings. Yeah, okay. So overall, um, you know, yeah, I was wrong with it being his best film. I just I said in the chat that I heard that it was his best film. Yeah, sorry for misunderstanding. Yeah, and I don't, I don't understand why. Um, it's definitely not as good as Necromantic 1 and 2, and you guys know I'm not even closely being a fan of Necromantic 1 and 2. I'm, I'm not that... I don't really like them, to be completely honest. I think they're still good films, and that's why I gave them the ratings that I did, but um, you know, this one's definitely worse than both of them, and I think all the problems that we discussed throughout this entire review um, explains why it's his weakest film so far. It's not terrible to be completely honest. It's just it's just bad. And yeah, it's definitely not terrible. I agree. Yeah, it's just I bad. Agree. Yeah. Well, all right. So I probably like this one more than uh, you two. I do agree that it is a little overly artsy at times, but I also think that um, it's thought provo- provoking. Each segment means something. It's uh, mm-hmm. done well in terms of like like that there's some shots that are really good and and there's others that aren't but i mean i I feel like each segment you know monday has its has its thing that for you to figure out tuesday has its thing for you to figure out all of them have this thing i do like thursday the motorway bridge scene i just feel like it was the wrong day uh it should have been either sunday or monday um but i i do like it i think that it's very interesting and it and it makes you kind of think and it kind of made me feel a little sad i was like wow this is a historic like place where everybody just goes to die um and i like the social commentary and the themes and i like trying to figure them out that was my favorite part was like each each day i was like okay so what's this one gonna be the actual film substance itself like the storyline what's happening to these people is a little lacking it's kind of lame in some segments i agree mm-hmm. uh sunday mm-hmm. well that sucks because it's sunday sundays suck so uh that's how you explain that one away um so yeah uh overall <clears throat> i i did like this film i thought it was decent i don't like it as much as the necromantics and i give it a 6.5 out of 10 damn really yeah man um and the rotting corpse was a big, awesome like thing that obviously mm-hmm. has its own like things as well. Like I said, man, like I really like the ideas behind it, and like JP said, you know, with the, uh, you know, each segment obviously being making the viewer think and stuff. I, I enjoy that, but 
The problem is I, I really didn't like four of the seven shorts on here. I mean, one I do like. I just feel like it's misplaced, you know, with uh, Thursday. Um, but, you know, for the most part, and, and a couple of the other ones, I was kind of disappointed by the ends of them. And, and uh, yeah, the fucking the, the interludes, man, the decomposition body, the decomposing body, man. I thought it was fantastic. But as an overall product, man. I was not impressed at all with this. I at times I was just like, "Okay, man, cool, cool." Digging the music though, digging yeah, the, the music. music that's fine. Yeah, music. I, I like, I like, I like the whole. I thought the the whole Ilsa thing was really funny to me. I thought that was really cool that they did that, especially back when you filmed this in '87 or whatever, or, or 1990, or I guess it would have been in '87 when you filmed it, <laughs> obviously, right? Or '88, or whatever the fuck it was. But I want to be shot so this pretty, before Necromantic too. Yeah. So anyways, like, yeah, you know, there was some good ideas and stuff. But overall, I didn't feel this at all, to be honest. And it's something I probably won't revisit anytime soon. And I give it four and a half out of ten. So I think it's an above average film. I I, I don't know, man. I really don't. I really don't. I I feel like the thing like you I, I feel like we have to give credit to like the. Just. That's what he the, came That's up where with. the four and a half is coming in. I'm giving him credit for those things, but there's enough here. There's more that I dislike than I actually like, so I, I right. can't. Fair enough. I can't go above average. So that's how I explain it, Jeremy. Five out of ten. Five out of ten. Wow, I'm surprised you came in higher than me. That's insane. Really, I'm the lowest. Interesting. Yeah, didn't do anything for me to be honest. Not very impressed. I honestly like the uh, the documentary way more. <laughs> it was so much more entertaining but i don't know that's just what it is i guess <laughs> it's all cold and quiet how the fuck did moods come in the lowest that never happens <laughs> that no, never fucking I mean, happens I, I mean i i understand what you're saying and stuff like i don't find it an entertaining movie like really like i i was not like super entertained i was I, I, but I did enjoy like the thought provoking nature of it, and I give it yeah, yeah. like credit for being smart in terms of w- figuring out a way to make a movie out of s- mm. seven suicides and uh, you know make them have social commentary in a short amount of time. Like oh, I- I'm impressed yeah. by stuff like that. Yeah, I mean I I agree, you know, and that's factored into my four and a half right there. Yeah, but it's not like entertaining said, they're, movie they're, though. M- but yeah, it's definitely not entertaining. But like, there's uh, you know, there's more of the shorts that I didn't really care for, you know. So I, I just can't. Yeah, and there's more that I didn't care for either. Like, I don't like the, I don't like, I I don't like the actual shorts most of the time. I like the message behind the shorts. Um, yeah. But yeah. I feel like that you know when when I watch it, even though I'm not entertained by what's actually happening, I am super entertained by the by how it's being done and the commentaries and stuff that's that's where my personal rating comes in is more about being entertained from the idea instead of the actual movie mm-hmm. yeah you bet so that is going to conclude episode 53 another bonus episode in this uh, summertime so i hope you guys enjoyed the show i had i thought this episode was fantastic your guys thoughts on the great the show? episode I thought it was great yeah, it was fun really really good stuff and um so I hope you guys enjoyed it too. And uh, yeah, like I said, that's going to conclude episode 53. Not much more to say. Jeremy, take us away. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the 53rd episode of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. So if you want to follow the man Moods himself, you could do so at youtube.com slash mood 616 
Or if you're watching this on YouTube, click the subscribe button down below. If you want to follow JP, a.k.a. The Man Who Hates Pee Wee Herman, you can do so at YouTube.com slash DoubleShotJ. And as always, you can follow me on my channel, YouTube.com slash NESRuler22. You can follow us over on our website, the 22ShotsOfMoodsAndHorror.com. That's the 22ShotsOfMoods, A&D, Horror.com. You can read my written reviews, see Moods' and JP's video reviews, catch up on some awesome website-exclusive stuff and everything over there on the site. So please go over there, check it out. whole bunch of stuff over there. Also, you can follow us on our Facebook page, Facebook.com search bar 22 shots of moods and horror podcast and join the Facebook page over there. Whole bunch of awesome people. And you can follow us on Twitter. Also Twitter.com slash 22 shots podcast, Twitter.com slash 22 shots podcast. And if you have any questions, you could email us at the 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. It's 22 shots of moods, a and D horror at gmail.com. And if you have any questions, you can leave us a voicemail at 724-426-6665. And that should do it, folks, for this episode of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. We'll be back, hopefully, in August with a uh, franchise show of Psycho. But until then, we should talk to you guys soon. See you guys.